Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the Way Out Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. I'm with my boy, Jeff. How you doing, my brother? Hey, I'm doing really good. How are you doing, Ezzy? Man, all's well, man. I had two days off this week, but it didn't feel like days off. That's I'm telling you, there's no, there's no such thing as a day off when you're when you're a husband. And Listen. you'll find out when you're a father, you, there's no hours off. No hours, <laughs> no days. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying not having hours off. Um, yeah. Or well, whatever you just said, but basically, yeah, yeah. man, I was like, man, uh, but that's part of the process, man. But I enjoyed yeah. it though, man. But um, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. We just been um, today was actually nice outside. The weather was nice for once, yeah. Um, which is great because I, I, I I'm getting tired of cold weather. Although you know, cold is relative. Obviously, you know, our hearts go out to the people in Texas that are kind of yeah. freezing right now. Of course. I have family there, but uh, I think it started to warm up, so that's good. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah, but um, so yeah, our prayers just, to everyone in Texas, man. If you're watching from Texas and you experienced that, man, um, I'm glad that um, you you guys are well. Hopefully, you all you all are well, yeah. and that all your family's well, and that you know God's a good God and He He'll carry you through any type of circumstance. That's right. Yep. But yeah, but I'm excited about this podcast, Jeff. I know we're going to get into right into our main top, not main topic, but our Dean Life in the Film member. For those who's been watching uh, since last week, uh, we've been in the five love languages. And yes, last week we gave a little intro um, mm-hmm. to the five love languages. Jeff actually took my test. It was interesting what I got. Yeah. Oh, you did. I took a picture. I took a screenshot. of. Well, let me read this. It was I, quite, I want to see it. It was quite interesting, brother. Let me see if I can yeah, pull let, it up real quick. Let's share that, and then we'll get into the first love language. I think I'll share mine as well. So you you pull up yours, and I, I'm interested to see if I was right. I think he was. I think that's what you said. But for those who's watching for the very first time, I want to say welcome to the Way Out Podcast. I'm sorry I wasn't able to talk to you all. hope you all are well. If you're watching, feel free to share. Feel free to get this out to as many people as you feel uh, um, will need this kind of information. We uh, count it an honor to serve you all. And so I uh, just want to make sure we talk to y'all. But my love languages, man, 37% of my love language is acts of service. That's what I said. Remember? 37, I said, I 37%. You, That's awesome, man. That's good. So yeah, you, had, 30, you had acts of service. What was your second one? 30% was quality time. Man, that's amazing. So That's crazy. My, yeah. Mine was words of affirmation was at, I think, 40%. And then okay. the underneath that was uh uh quality time gotcha yeah that was interesting acts of service you said yours was he says yours acts service and quality time yeah 37 percent acts of service and 30 percent quality time uh oh 37 and 30 yeah 37 and then 23 was words of affirmation then last but not least is physical touch (laughs) that's crazy that's awesome that's awesome so if y'all go back to the last podcast although Ezzy and I do operate in the prophetic that is mm-hmm. not that 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 did not happen last time I was just listening you, to you him. more than me you in the prophetic more yeah. than I am brother well um so uh last time we were I was listening to what you were saying and based off of your responses I guessed acts of service because I read the book and so um that's really neat um so I have words of affirmation and he got today. We're um, man. That's really cool. Did you share that with Brittany? 
I took the test right before the podcast. That's how busy okay, my day I, is. I, I, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see what her uh, love language is, and I'm gonna try to get Joanne to do it too. I want to see what hers is. I, oh no, mm-hmm. I already knows what. No, sorry, my bad. I already know what Joanne's is. It's gifts, and you already yeah. said you think Brittany. Yeah, is my gifts. my wife says receiving gifts and quality time. Well, that's yeah, what exactly. I'm guessing just from being married to her, yeah. but I don't yeah. know what the actual test results are. Gotcha. Yeah, Joanne's is uh, um, definitely gifts. Definitely gifts. Um, and we kind of said that last. Oh, we both said that because they both were the babies of the family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did. You made that observation. I hadn't thought of that before. I just knew that she was that because remember, like I told you when she was little, her dad used to get her gifts. She was a daddy's girl and like it just made her feel important. Um, and she would always get excited. But yeah, you made that observation that the last one. So I think that is a, a pretty good. I, I think that's a, 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 a an observation that. Um, I don't even think the author makes that observation, to be honest with you. So I think that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty neat. I'd be interested to see how many people are last borns that are, you know, um, kind of dealing with that. So, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I think a lot of our um, upbringing does play a part. Like I have this saying, you know, you heard the saying someone else made up, made this up. They said, if you show me your friends, um, you show me your future. I say, if you show me your family, you show me right. your foundation. I think, I think, growing up in and family, families play a major role in how we function and how and how we do things, man. Yeah. Well, it, so. it, even to point out something, um, my original uh, love language when Joanne and I did this when we were first married, you know, thirteen over thirteen years ago, was different. So I think can, really? it can even change over I time. So. Um, just depending, you know, I, I mean, it could, it could, you could enter a different phase and, and you kind of different things change, but yeah. So why don't we get into a little bit? Uh, what I did yeah. is we're, we're not, we're not going in any particular order except for the order that the, um, the author goes in, in the uh, book. And, and for all of you that don't know, it's called, if you can see that the five love languages by Gary, Gary Chapman. Um, remember, I do want to emphasize there is no book that is a substitute for the word of God. No. So just remember no. that. Uh, yeah. Everything that everybody writes, uh, whether I write it or Ezzy writes it, all has to be taken through Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, uh, and searched to make sure that it lines up with Scripture. And if it doesn't, then obviously you would reject it. Um, yeah. So I just say that in advance to make sure that we, um, you know, if there's anything in there, although I've read it and I haven't seen anything contradicting, but if you do, obviously you reject that. But the first area, Ezzy, that he kind of gets into is words of affirmation. Um, so uh, so that's kind of neat. So like I said, mine was words of affirmation. So he kind of breaks it down into a few different places. And Ezzy and I have this in our chat. But basically, Ezzy, like the first one is verbal compliments. Okay. So like, I think you look nice today. Or man, I'm so, so proud of you for what you, you did at work. You did a really great job. Or... Um, I really like how you help me out with the kids or, you know, think of some verbal compliments that you can give. That's when somebody who has words of affirmation, they feel loved whenever you do that. You know what I'm saying, Izzy? So Mm -hmm. words of affirmation is like your third one. So obviously it's something that's important to you as well. Yeah. Um, So, you know, like if Brittany or, or anybody, remember this can apply across multiple relationships, even with your kids. If your kid's love language is words of affirmation, you should be giving good verbal compliments and things like that to them, right? That's right. So, 
So, um, yeah. So verbal compliments, as you have anything to say on that? And I just, I'm looking yeah, at the- I think, I think a lot of people, um, don't, don't understand how long a little goes, you know what I'm saying? A little goes a long way. Yep. And it's interesting in my life. It's like, that's why I was kind of, wasn't quite sure about my, what my love language was, I guess, because the last few years of my life, the seasons changed so much. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was like, I haven't been, I haven't really been in a steady season where I think that my dominant love language would, would be manifested. So there'll be seasons where like, I guess that's why those numbers are extremely high with those top three. Yeah. And I think those three probably interchange throughout, you know, different phases of my life. Um, yeah. But like words of affirmation is essential, especially for men. I've noticed um, yeah. just verbal compliments. Like I think sometimes we, even I know with my wife, I, I had to make it a point um, to not, cause sometimes you'll think something about your wife, but you don't say nothing about your wife. So exactly. you'll, the thought will cross your mind, like, oh, my wife looked like a snack today, like a little Debbie. Look, look like a little Debbie <laughs> snack today. But you, but you don't verbally say it, you know what I'm saying? You, no, you're you, right. Yeah. And so I think that, I think, you know, and I think a, part, a lot of social media has, has ruined that, where it's more like I can text that to you more than I can say it to you. Yeah. But I think we need to bring the old school verbal compliments back. But like you said, I think that's essential because I was talking to, I went to my old, uh, old job today when I worked at elementary school and one of the ladies said that one of her students, and I noticed this even with the kids, how um, most kids are, are not complimented. They're more, they're more critiqued than complimented. Exactly. And it's, it's crazy how I see certain students in my high school now, middle school, that because I give those verbal compliments, because I'm intentional, there's one young guy, I ain't gonna say his name, but one young guy at my middle school, and, yeah. and ever since I even said the word son to him, you, that's good, son. I'm proud of you. Yeah. This kid it, comes to my office. Up. Oh, he comes to my office. He comes into my office and daps me up every single day. In church on Sunday, he was looking for me. And, and I saw I saw him looking for me. He was moving. He's, you know, my church is huge. So he's on the okay. other side of the church looking for me, waved at me. I said, right. but it's interesting how. Just something that just take you a few seconds of your time. A few seconds can take can take someone a few years up the road. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it. Uh, I think that's so true. Just two examples, real quick, and then I'll move on to the next kind of uh, thing. Is um, uh, inside of there is that you know Joanne will say something. She knows that words of affirmation is one of my love languages, and mm-hmm. she'll she'll say something like, you know, I was thinking this today, but I want to tell it to you mm. because. It, she, in other words, she's doing exactly what you just said. Like sometimes you think it, but you don't share it. Yeah. And so uh, she'll um, she'll catch herself and say, hey, I just wanted to tell you, blah, blah, blah. And it, it always makes me feel good whenever she does that because I know like she's more like you. Like she's laid back and more calm. And she she uh, 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 doesn't – she won't like just come out and say everything that she's thinking. Whereas yeah. I tend to be more uh, verbal in that regard, so yeah. So and that, that and that's, I think and I think that's how I am with my wife. I think you and my wife are are more alike exactly. in that area. Yes, and me and Jo and me and Joanne, like, is she more of like a um, processor? She's more of a thinker. Yes, she Same likes way. to think and process and quite. She is exactly like you and Adam. Uh huh. And oh, yeah. I am exactly yeah. like Kenny, Kenny and Brittany. Kenny. Yeah. Yes, and and Denise Adams one like where it's the exact same thing like they they're uh, and for those of you 
that don't know, but that we're mentioning friends of ours, but like more laid back, calm, likes to process, think through stuff. And it's great because it brings a balance because yeah. where one person is lacking, the other person picks up and vice versa. And so, I think, um, I think, oh, my bad. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no, go ahead. You're good. I think that's essential for both, both couples, not couples, but both individuals in a relationship to really process that, 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 that sometimes even in one love language, the processing or the delivery of the love language could be different. Yes, so exactly. words of affirmation for one, like myself, Joanne and Adam, you, we, we, in that moment thought about it. We thought about it probably the night before we thought about it all week. Yeah. And then when the moment was right for us, when we felt it, sometimes we, sometimes stuff get, gets jumbled in the mind. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you guys on other ends, like, why haven't you said anything? It's because it hasn't gotten to our hearts to where we feel it. And it's not that yes. we don't feel it, but we're so factual and so logical and so analytical. We are setting ourselves up for the right moment for us to genuinely feel it so that you can feel it. And it doesn't come off like a robot. It doesn't come off like, oh, I love you. It, but it will come in a moment where it could be felt. That is so true. You are literally painting a picture of Joanne perfectly. Yeah. And for years, I battled that when we were married um, mm. until I began to realize what our love languages were. And that's yeah. when it changed. Um, man, that's so true because there, and he talks about different dialects inside oh, of words yeah. of information. Yeah. And so one of those dialects was verbal compliments, but a second one was encouraging words, which means to inspire courage. So, you know, when we, we, we all, every wife is, is a helpmate in that regard. They should be inspiring. We should be inspiring them Yeah, and vice versa. But uh, when somebody who has words of affirmation for their gifting, they like to be encouraged. Like they, uh, you know, they, they like to hear, keep going, you know, you're doing this, you're doing good. And um, I think where marriages break up is that a lot of times a spouse will focus on the negative aspect, which we'll get into in a little bit, but um, they focus on the negative aspect of everything they're not doing instead mm -hmm. of even the small things that they are doing. And that's yeah. one of the things, Ezzy, that the author kind of makes the point at. He's like, listen, she or he may not be the perfect person in every area that you care about right now. Yeah. But for instance, are there good things that they do that you can encourage them in or, or, or give verbal compliments to, for instance, something as simple. Um, thank you for taking out the trash. You, you, you always remember to take out the trash. Thank you for making our lawn look nice whenever you mow it. Of course I'm speaking from, you know, whatever, of course, but yeah. I'm saying, I'm just making up different things or, or like, Hey honey, you know, if it's a man to a woman, you know, like, Thank you so much for taking the care of the kids. Like, look at how they behave. They are such good kids and everybody else is a demon except, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you compliment those things um, in the areas that they do well in. And yeah. so, and then, and then his, his point is that as you do that, other areas will begin to pick up. You see what I'm saying? Like, instead yep. of going around, around about, around about way, it's just <clears> like this. And we can be adults because, I, I mean, th this isn't a kid's podcast, but like, I'm yeah. sorry, but if you're not being kind or, or using encouraging words and all that kind of stuff, but like you as a man expect your wife to have sex with you, it's not going to happen. It's right? not going to happen. Because no. you're not setting an atmosphere where you're lifting them up. That's right. And, and so as a result, it's like, you know, they're not into it because they, they, they don't feel like you appreciate them. And so somebody who has this love language 
it goes even further because they're like, well, you never tell me that I look nice or you yeah. never compliment <clears throat> on what I'm doing. And so they, 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 as a result, they don't feel loved. And so then they don't want to be intimate. I'm speaking in the case of a woman, but I think yeah. it can be in the case of a man, although a man just needs a, a, a location. He doesn't really need. Yeah, he don't need no, he, yeah, he don't need no words. He just, 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 yeah, just, he, he doesn't need any. acts of service. That's 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 yeah, like, he's he, he acts of service. Need, Exactly. Touch. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't Don't need, need any uh, uh, atmosphere set. He just needs a time and a location. But um, yeah, so it said encourage encouraging words. If you have, do you have anything to say on that? Or yeah, I'm look I'm looking I'm looking up a scripture right now. Yeah. Um, let me look it up uh, real quick. No, you're good. Make sure I find this scripture because I'm, I think I'm it's... looking over my thing. Yeah, there's like two more after this, and then we'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so right now we're on encouraging words to inspire courage. Go ahead, look that up. Yeah, let me look it up right now. Um, scriptures on words. Well, remember Joshua 1 9, he said, uh, be strong and of good courage. You know, yeah. I'm sure Joshua needed to hear that because he, well, look what he was going against. Yeah. He needed a word of affirmation from the Lord that, hey, don't give up. Get, be of good courage. I'm with you in this. And that's something that you need to do with your spouse. Go ahead. And I think that's essential. It's like, that's why I think like what you said last week was so powerful in regards to um, um, our love. When we know that we're loved by God, it's easier to love. Yes. It's unable, it's, we're unable to walk in love until we walk with love. With love. Right. And I think when we get so caught up on love as a verb versus being consulted by the love that is a noun, right? And this scripture right, right, right. here. <clears throat> Is, is essential for the encouraging words part. And I want to share this real quick um, so that we can, <coughs> excuse me, so we can kind of look through yeah. it. And this scripture just, um, here we go. Yeah. It says, <coughs> excuse me, let me scroll down real quick. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only yep. such as is good for building up yep. as fits the occasion that it may mm -hmm. give grace to those who hear. Boom. Encouragement, encouraging words is grace. It's, yes. it's when someone's feeling down, what happens? Why they say grace and mercy should follow us all the days of our life, right? Right. <clears throat> Here's grace and mercy. Because right. if we fall back, if life hits us, we fall into his grace. We fall into his mercy. Right. Grace and mercy also follows us to assist us, to guide us, to support us. And so sometimes we forget that we get so full of our lives or or the lives of people online that we forget about the lives of the people offline. And sometimes we're so uh, in tune with everybody else's life that we're not really in tune with the lives of those that God has entrusted us with. And I think words of affirmation, imagine uh, where the crime rate would be today. Imagine where uh, abortions would be today. Imagine where uh, perversion would be today. If people really was focused on their children, focused on encouraging yes. them, focused on strengthening them. Encourage, if you take the two words, is eat and encourage. It, entering courage. We encourage people so they can enter into this courage, this courage that comes from God, that we're more than conquerors, right? Yeah. And when we understand who we are and whose we are, I know that's a, a played out term, but when we know that God is love and it's he true. is where our courage is, mm -hmm. he is where our strength is, then we won't be really, we can, so let's say like this, we as soldiers, Jeff, if you yeah. and I know where our hope comes from, know where our courage comes from, right? Then it, it, then we don't have to worry about 
needing to be encouraged. We right. can then now focus on since we're spiritually mature in encouraging. And yeah. then when it's time for us to be encouraged, the people we have encouraged, our family, will then be able to reciprocate that because we've taught them to be in God's courage, right? Well, like, and one thing I was thinking about, um, do you know that there are people who have never heard I love you from their father? And that's, wow, yep, yep. I know people in my life who their parents never once said I love you their entire childhood. Never yeah, not once. That's traumatic. And that's I'm traumatic. going to tell you something. That destroys absolutely destroys who they are on the inside because I'm telling you what God created us with a void in our heart that needs to be filled by him. Yeah. And that void is love. But whenever they're not experiencing love through through people there is something so traumatic about that and there are people that are grown men and women today that are still dealing with issues because mom and dad never said I love you. Because they never understood that words of affirmation were important. Excuse me, were important. Um, so yeah, uh, the the third one was kind words, and what that's talking about is the way we come across in our tone. Yeah. So not necessarily what we say, but how we say it. Because you can say the right thing in the wrong way, and as yeah. a result, it won't be received. Right. Received. I mean, yeah. how many times do you do you see that preachers that I have to be careful about that? Yeah. Um, I'm very direct whenever I uh, preach the gospel. And I know that. But I, I, you know, at the same time, though, I know that Jesus loves them and we have to communicate that in a loving way. You know, there's a different there was a, there's a pastor at our church. He is the children's pastor and he's a. Uh, I want to say he's in his 50s or something like that. As he, he is a cross between Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers got together and had a baby. <laughs> he is the nicest person. This man slept homeless when he was a kid because he didn't have his parents. Homeless in the streets of Detroit. Homeless wow. as a child. Wow. And God saved him and rescued him. And I'm telling you what, because of that, he loves kids so much. He just wants to outpour on them because he doesn't want them to ever have to go through what he did. But one time somebody made the comment. They said he is the only pastor that can literally uh, rebuke you to your face and you wouldn't even know that he got You wouldn't even recognize him. Yep. You wouldn't even recognize it because he's so nice when he does it. You couldn't you, – you, after he left, you'd be turned around because you, you wouldn't be yeah. able to figure it out. And, and if you knew him, you'd, knew, you'd know what I'm saying. But we all kind of know people like that. But, like, how are you speaking to your spouse? Because it's not always in what, remember, when you've been married or in a relationship for a long period of time, you have a lot of build-up contexts. Yeah. A lot of build-up contexts to where you're saying something, but because you haven't dealt with an issue in the past, that tone comes across that nobody else may recognize, but the two of you do because you there's a context there of something that happened in the past that wasn't dealt with. So how I talk to my spouse is just as important as what I say to them, you know, if I say, um, you know, if I say in, a, in a, like, well, um, I mean, I guess you do good at taking care of the kids mm. or, what, or, 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 you know what I mean? Like what, 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 you see how you come across like that? Or you're like, yeah, you take care of the kids, but there's like this question, you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. using that as an example. You know what I'm of saying? Course, but like, of course. Instead, yeah. Wow. I really appreciate how, you take care of the, I'm just using this as an example, right? Mm -hmm. As because my Joanne is a fantastic mother, 
So like I tell it all the time, like I'm, I said, man, John Wesley's uh, 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 salvation, although he got saved later on, his mom raised him to know the Lord. And I, I always credit her with that. But yeah. anyway, uh, how, what your tone is. So any comments on that? Cause our tone matters. Yeah. Right? I think, I think that like we always say, um, um, hurt people, hurt people, healed people, yeah. heal people. Right. Is we we will we will be unable to hold our part in a marriage if we haven't been made whole by the one who created it, right? That's Wholeness right. Jerry is Maguire essential. Lied. Yes. What do you say? Sorry, I said Jerry Maguire lied. Lied. Remember when they said? said you in that in that movie they said you complete me. That's not true. Mm -hmm. See, only like Jesus all, completes you. Only that's why there's a lot of people who have idolized the idea of marriage. That they mm -hmm. think marriage is their salvation. That if yes. I can only get saved, that marriage will save you, quote unquote. They think their marriage will save them from the from the issues of singleness or the pains of singleness or the pains yeah. of of your upbringing or the pain. Like no, 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 no. Like like Jeff and I, we compliment our wives. We don't look for our wives to complete us. So therefore, yeah. I don't, I don't, there's no hidden areas in my heart that's saying you're solely responsible for this small hole in my heart. No, Christ completes me. And as and as I know that he's my completion, right? Any area that I may discover that is a new issue or he has brought the light, he feels that he he feels it. Exactly. And I think I think many of us we think that. Uh, we need more of the Holy Spirit. No, we we need to allow the Holy Spirit to have more of us. Yeah. Some of us, due to our lack of ignorance, due to ignorance, and due to us not knowing our root issues, we block yeah. the Holy Spirit from flooding into that area to fill that area. So that when yeah. we do get into new areas of life, we're actually able to manage it. And a lot of people, their tone is a direct reflection of, of what happened in their home, what happened when they was younger. And yeah. now they think that this, and when they get uh, their feelings hurt, they get into this marriage and they think their marriage is going to save them. And then when they realize that marriage is more than just salvation, it's more, it's not salvation, I mean. Then now you're upset. You're frustrated that your wife is not a on-demand sex giver. You know what I'm saying? That that right. your husband is 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 a man that has uh, um um fears, failures, and faults, right? And so now when you get into marriage, you realize you actually got to work. You actually got to tend. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that this individual, this entity, this this body of thing, this idea called marriage. Is is hasn't sustained you? Oh man, that's when a lot of people is bitter towards their wives. Mm -hmm. What does the word of God says to husbands? Don't become bitter towards your wives. Mm -hmm. And what happens is many people are looking for marriage to complete them when only Jesus can. We're only meant to compliment our spouses. Right. Compliment means I'm whole. Like I always get this analogy: when I wear a suit, my tie is whole by itself. Right. My shirt is whole by itself. My suit is whole by itself. But when they're put together, they don't need each other. But when they're put together, they complete each other. Not that's complete, right. but they complement each other. Yes, that's right. Yep. And so, but when Christ has completed me, I can now wear the suit. The suit looks better on me now. My wife, I, my wife looks better. I look better because Christ is the source for each of us individually and collectively in the marriage. And so I think tone... Most people are oblivious to how much their tone is a reflection of their home and how they was brought up. 
but you got to forgive. You got to forgive those individuals. You got to let those things go or you're going to be give. you know, you're going to be saying things uh, from frustration and, 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 and all that good stuff. Well, and just think about it. And we'll move on to the, to the last one, uh, the last kind of uh, dialect he uses, but um, yeah. Do you like to be around positive people or negative people? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, who do you get along with at work better? The person who's encouraging, the person who, who, who inspires you, the person who always has a good word to say, who is always filled with joy, who has a soft answer whenever the other person's angry. That's the person you want to be around. I mean, just by being, uh, uh, saying words that are, um, encouraging and, and, and kind and humble and all that kind of stuff, you automatically want to be around that type of person. So if you want to be around that person, but you're not acting like that, why do you think your spouse would want to be around you? Yeah. Right. They don't want to be around somebody negative either. Right. So, um, and, and, and always put, putting down and never focusing on, on, on that. So, uh, it's so important that our tone, uh, is reflective of the Holy spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always filled with joy. He's always cheerful. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get into issues, but it's yeah. best to be quiet than to say anything at all. I'd rather be quiet than have a negative tone. That's right. Uh, so the last one is, uh, let me see, tone and then, sorry, humble words. So he gave an example, and this is our last kind of subtopic. He said, requesting versus demanding. Love requests, it does not demand or nag. Yeah. So I think a lot of men <laughs> probably probably said amen uh, and started clapping their hands, right? Because the kind of stereotype is that the women are nagging and the guy's listening, but he's not paying attention, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I think that that's kind of the thing. Although I think men can stereotype too, of course. Yeah. But yeah. – uh, love requests. I like what he said. Love requests. It does not demand. So when you ask somebody to do something versus you yell at them or tell them to do it, mm -hmm. um, you are not expressing yourself in a loving manner. And what I mean by that is this. There's a difference between having authority and, and, and commanding. I'm not talking about yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not talking about that because Jesus clearly has authority. The husband has authority. Uh, over the children or the wife and, and so on and so forth. I'm not talking about that. It doesn't mean you can't make uh, statements that are uh, commands. Uh, what are those? Declarative? I'm not sure. Anyway, I need to go back to uh, school. So anyway, um, but it's talking about like, for instance, well, you need to go and wash the car versus, hey, honey, my car's really dirty. Would you mind uh, taking it uh, through the car wash? Because I have a trip tomorrow and I, I want it to be nice before I go out. Now, which one would you respond to better? You need to go wash my car versus, hey, would you mind going and washing my car and then maybe I can vacuum it or or um, can, do you mind? I have to go do this and I'm really pressed for time. Would you mind doing this for me? How, you see what I'm saying? Where you're asking it in a question form versus commanding somebody to do something. Yeah. One, one well, I, I don't know about you, Ezzy, but like if my, if Joanne were to tell me like, you need to do this or you need to do that. I automatically do shut, down. shut down. Yeah, exactly. Shut down. Automatically. Um, but if she asks me in a loving way and says, hey, can you do this? You know, would you mind doing this? Then I'm like, oh, she needs help. Let me go help her. Yeah. You know, it's and, and I'm like, yeah, I can do it or I can't, but I can do it here. And I'll work with this and let me know what I can do to help you. 
See, it's just it, 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 but yeah, go ahead. What do you think about that? I think that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's huge because sometimes uh we can get to a place where we say uh, we, we don't even really hear how we want things done, how we're asking someone. Um, one thing about me, and I try to coach people on this, is like what you're saying, request with consideration. Mm-hmm. Requesting is 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 not demanding. Demanding says, I need it done now. Requesting gives the option for the individual to at least communicate when they can get it done, right? Exactly. Um, like right. for me, I know for me, I... I hate, not hate, but it's 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 very tough for me to do something in the middle of a train of thought. Yeah. So when my wife asks me to do something or she requests, I always let her know, hey, I've gotten better at saying, give me, just give me a few minutes. I'm processing something. Yeah. In the beginning of our marriage, I, there would be frustration. And, yeah. and, and it would be like, but I had to communicate that the frustration wasn't me being like, I don't want to do this. It was because right. I, my, the way my brain is wired is, is I'm locked. And so you got me in the middle of a train of thought that I have to finish that thought because that's why I used to carry notebooks and recorders with me because that's how God speaks to me. He speaks yeah. to me mm-hmm. in long trains of thoughts. Yep. I agree. Me and, too. Yep. You're and right. So <laughs> if you cut, if I get cut off, I may miss a very valuable gym. You see what I'm saying? Or I may, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the Holy Spirit would bring it back to my remembrance, but I learned to communicate. Just give me one second. And, and, and sometimes I have to work on that because then I forget. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then I get in trouble. Now I will say I get in trouble, but you yeah, know no. Uh, no, no. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. Yeah. Hey, do you mind if we ask, uh, Queen M is asking. Oh a yeah, yeah. 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 I saw that. I'm going to post I just want to, because it has to do with, um, um, doesn't believe in this. So she does tough. Work. Well, the questions below go down to the next one. Mm-hmm. She has said many times that she will not change for anyone, not even her kids. She is not very affectionate. Okay, it's like a two-part. Okay, I see what you're saying. She's not mm-hmm. very – I'm only answering the question. Usually do our Q&A later, but I wanted to do this real quick because it is related to our day in the life, not our actual topic. Yeah. So she said, I have a question about this. My love language is words of affirmation and affection. My mother, however, doesn't believe in this. She does tough love. Okay, Go. and then the next part she said – she has said many times that she will not change for anyone, not even her kids. Uh, she's not very affectionate. Is she right? Do I need to just accept she won't change for me? Listen, what I would say is this. Uh, the purpose of understanding a love language is for you to love the person the way they need to be loved, not for them to love you the way that you need to be loved, right? So obviously what you're experiencing is a lack of love Um you know, you said that you're you had words of affirmation like me, and you're growing up, you know, in a situation where you're not being uh, complimented or or told all that. And I I apologize for that. I I hate that you have to go through that because, yeah, for sure. like I said earlier, I know people who were never told "I love you" by their parents. Um, uh, when they say tough love, that's not true. The only love that is real love is Jesus's love. Everything else is a fake imitation. Um, so. So I understand she may be that way, but I I want to tell you that there is a reason that your mom is the way she is. It's not like she got up one day and just decided to be the way she is. I would gather that something happened to her the way that she grew up, that maybe she didn't receive love the way that she needed to. And so she doesn't know how to reciprocate. So I would just remind you that Jesus Christ himself may have to change her. Uh, in that regard, and that 
you know, it's good that she doesn't change for anyone, but she can change for Jesus. So I would just encourage you to find out what her love language is and just love her to the very best and know that uh, Queen M, that you're loved and that your words of affirmation come from the word of God and that God loves you and he cares about you and that he is your comforter. And Ezzy, I just want you to ch uh, jump in here, but like yeah, for just sure. be encouraged, you know, I understand where you're coming from. You have to hear that you're loved and I don't want, or else you'll start to go and look for love in all the wrong places, unfortunately. And a lot of women do that. They don't hear love from their parents and they go and look for it and men too. And I don't want you to feel like that. But uh, Ezzy, I would just end with this yeah. with her mom, yeah. you know, no, go ahead. Like, what, what do you think about that? Because I know that's hard and I, I can't, I'm, you know. Yeah, that's tough. That's and, and, and like I tell a lot of people that I coach, man, is that, um, I said it in another video. I forgot when I said it, but I talked about how um, playing the cards you have been dealt. Yeah. Um, sometimes our seasons of suffering helps us to become seasoned enough to preserve someone else in their season of suffering. Yeah. Um, what you have been brought through um, as you uh, grow in the things of God can then be used to help other young people who grew up in this same type of home. Now, is she right? No, she's not right. Um, of course, yeah. there has been some level of hurt. And her heart has become hardened in that area. And yes. pride has wrapped around that heart, wrapped around that wound. And now that wound has been is now being guarded by pride. And only God can deal with the root uh, sin of pride, right? Now, when it comes to you, um, obviously there's an empty place in your life uh, as far as in your past where there has been a place of emptiness, right? But when you allow Christ to enter that place and fill that up with encouragement and with letting you know that you are loved because our greatest source of love does not come from our parents. Even if we had the most amazing parents, they would have, they would, have, um, there would be some imperfections in right. pivotal moments where you human. as a child, because they're human. But when you allow Christ to embody and embolden and, and fill that empty place in your life, then you would now have empathy. See, when you're no longer empty, you now have empathy. Empathy now shows that now since I am connected to my source of love, now I can love the quote unquote unlovable. And what does the word of God say about kindness? It says kindness heaps a coal of fire on a person's head. That means that kindness has a way of renewing the mind. Could it be that because you're no longer empty, that God can use you through empathy to help her see yes. and see that sh where she needs Jesus? Uh, it's usually it's the ones that have been healed from a person's hurt that could be through kindness be used to help heal the one that hurt them. Right. And so what we want to encourage you is, is that she's wrong. We say that in love. She's wrong because some wrong needs to be said. It is wrong so that when you continue to um, uh, be around her, you, you, you won't believe her validations for how she treated you. You won't think it's normal because it's you not won't think it's normal. It's not it's not yeah. right. It's abuse. And that's when you begin to uh, um, find your identity in Christ, find your identity in his love for you. And then you go forward with your life. But you must forgive. You must forgive her. And what did Jesus say on the cross, Jeff? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Well, as and I was going to say uh, one thing I would just tell you just really quickly and then, then we'll move on to our topic. But. Um, you said your, your love language is words of affirmation and she's not very, uh, affectionate. Start using kind words to her. Yeah. Start, start mm -hmm. encouraging her 
in little things and being appreciative of her in little things because you never know. Maybe, well, I mean, you would know, but I don't know. Maybe she was never complimented when she was younger. Maybe yeah. she, you know, a lot of times, like as he said, hurt people hurt people, which means they're hurt when they're younger. And instead of changing and seeing that it's messed up, because, and that's the part I don't understand. It's like, it's like somebody that grows up and they see, oh, my father or my mother acted poorly. And then they turn around and do the exact same thing. It's like, whoa, you know, I don't understand that. To me, I do the exact opposite. Like if I see something wrong, I want to correct it. But again, yeah. it's because I'm healed. If you're not healed, you'll just repeat what you saw. And so um, the one thing that I would encourage you, and, and we'll leave with this, is start to use kind words to her. Watch your tone. Start to use uh, verbal comp compliments about the good things. Focus on the good things that she does, not the bad things. And just be a source of hope for her because you never know. That could really rub off on her and make her feel well because some people need a break. And um, um, I'm, I, I, you didn't mention your father, so I wonder if your mom is single and she's probably doing a lot. And so just have grace and be that source of Jesus in her life. And also one last thing that I want to add to you, Queen, is this is that you, no one will change because of you. No, uh, People only change because of Jesus. The goodness right. of God is what draws people to repentance. And sometimes God will use you as a good, a good instrument. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, but, but it is his goodness, right? But I also want to make sure I say this to you, Queen, and anyone else that's listening, set boundaries. Yeah. Never allow yourself to stay in an environment of abuse. No. Right. So when she began, if I don't know if there's another side to this, I, I'm not. Maybe she's just a person that doesn't give words of affirmation. But if she gives the other side words of of defamation, I think that's a, I'm trying to well, anyway, words that may not be building you up. You got to set boundaries, Mom. I love you, but I will not come see you for Thanksgiving if this is the, if this is the environment you're going to make. You set yeah, boundaries. I yeah, I wouldn't put myself in those situations. At least not if you're not strong enough to withstand it. Um. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you have to realize that, and well, that's why I, I circled the word enough. Like sometimes kids would be like, am I not enough? And you have to realize for certain hurts, for certain pains, you're not enough. So don't carry that burden of, well, not even her own kids. Yeah, not even your own, not even her own kids. And you have to set yourself free from that. And, and you look like you're older walk with God, go forward in your walk with God. And over time, you'll see if she, now this, this is also reality. If she changes, you know, some people, I'm not saying your mom's going to hell. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying some people, you gotta, you gotta hope for the best and prepare for the worst. She may not ever change. I'm not saying she's going to hell. Please make sure I make that clear. But no, no. Th that's the reality that some people may never change. Yeah. And you have to just, you have to make changes in your life. But but that that shouldn't affect how you interact with them. That's right. So you still do it, no matter if she changes or not. Yeah. You still show love yeah. because you never know. It may be on her, you know, later years where you have an opportunity to really be used by God. That I'm not saying, like Jeff said, thank you for saying that. We're not saying, well, I'm not saying that you stop showing love. It's just yeah. saying she may not ever change, but you never change in showing your love. But when Christ fills that emptiness, then you will be able to have empathy. And then you will see different angles and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide yeah. you to all truth. And just one last thing. It's harder with family. I mean, I'll just be honest. Yeah. We can get into that one day, but it is harder. It's harder because the Bible says a prophet is not without honor except for in his own country. So it's like, 
when you're around your own people, it can be a little bit harder. So I understand that, but yeah, just continue to love them. So, all right, Izzy. Uh, yeah, thank you. I wanted to just answer her question because it was oh, yeah. related. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I know, and I'm glad she brought it up because it was about her mother. Because like we said, this isn't just about spouse; it's also about uh, different types of relationships. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, Take my us bad, brother. The scripture, pastor. And yeah. So today we're going to be talking about something, and Jeff texted me this, and this is also one of my favorite scriptures. Um, to preach on because I think a lot of us we kind of or a lot of believers they gloss over um certain texts um and and these are one of those texts that we think that will be beneficial for us to um bring to light and and to really have you really think about the cost the cost of walking with God the cost of following Christ the cost of of and the opportunity for you to actually count the cost right like, like that's 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 the beauty, beautiful thing about free will that God has given us the opportunity to sit down, get a pen and pad, get a calculator, and literally count the cost. But uh, Jeff, I didn't know if you want me to read or if you want to read or uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I want whatever you want to do. Huh? You can start. We're tag. Did team. I did I do this? Okay, we're tag team. Okay, I'll read the cost of discipleship. Now, great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, "If anyone comes to me." Right. It says, if right. anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother right. and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Right. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower? This, here we go. Does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he or she has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. And make sure I pull the scripture so I can scroll down. Um, but we'll begin to mock him. Where am I? At? Does not first you're sit on, down and count the cost. You're, you're on verse 30. Yep. Verse 30. Okay. Saying this man began to build. Mm -hmm. This man began to build and was not able to finish. Right. Or what king goes out to encounter. Another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great far off, way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, anyone who any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So let me scroll up so we can really break this text down. For the people, man. Yeah, this is rich. So I'll let you. I don't know. Did I do the scripture last week? Well, we'll just go back and forth. That's fine. I, yeah, we can go back and forth. I think you did scripture last week. We can go back and forth. Go ahead, um, Jeff. I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and go. All right. Well, I was just gonna say uh, uh, two things. We'll kind of get into this. Uh, one of the things when we mean by counting the cost is uh, another way to say that is know what you're getting into. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the churches that you encounter in America right now. Um, are not like the churches, let's say, in China. In China, they know that that uh, they're going to be persecuted for their faith. They know that they're going to have to gather in houses in, in <clears throat> quiet so that nobody hears them. A lot of times they're going to have pieces of paper with scriptures written on it because they don't have a full Bible because they can't get it distributed because they can't get it into the country. So yeah. they know what they're in for if they give their life to Christ. Uh, in America which is a good thing that we don't have to suffer in that regard, but sometimes it's to our detriment. They sort of remove the cost 
of discipleship. Now, notice it does not say the cost of conversion because yeah. Jesus did not say go and make converts. He said go and make disciples. That's right. Right. And so that's the confusion is that you get into some of these churches and all they care about are numbers because they're focused on conversion. But Ezzie and I are not focused primarily on your conversion. We are focused on whether or not at the end of the day you endure and are saved. Yes. So one of the things, Ezzie, that I brought up that I thought about this and we can kind of get back and forth. But it says in verse um uh, 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 28 says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Well, mm. as he, when I was a kid, there was a house in our neighborhood that they started to build. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they stopped about halfway through. And what happened is that that house was half built. And it was an eyesore in the neighborhood because as the years went by, it began to get weathered. But because it didn't have the proper uh, building uh, items on it, for instance, it, you know, the paper they put underneath the siding, but they didn't put the siding on. They had just the paper, no side. So as the rain came and started beating up against that, it got dirty and looked terrible. It was a terrible eyesore. And, 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 yeah. and like it says, this is the beginning to mock him. And I think a lot of times what we do in our Christianity is that we start right we start well but because we didn't count the cost at the beginning all of a sudden we get into a situation where well i'm not willing to give this up or i didn't i didn't give this up i only thought i had to give this up and as a result they never come to completion right and so it's almost like they're half built but yeah. like you know I, let me just say this like when you come to jesus you give up everything everything I mean, the, the rights to your, to your tongue, your emotions, your actions, uh, your reactions, the, the rights to, as a, to your time, your schedule, um, how you spend your money, hmm. uh, where you work, how you interact with those who hate you and speak evil of you, what you listen to and, and watch. I mean, as a, we could probably get into our testimony about this. Like when I came to Christ. You don't know how many people mocked and ridiculed and said I was a fanatic, even people in my own family. But I would rather suffer for doing good because I didn't care. I am a fanatic, but I know what Jesus saved me from. I know yeah. that whenever I die, I'm going to see his face in glory. But I'm saying it's going to cost you. If it, is it fair to say, Izzy, that if it doesn't cost you, it's not Christianity? Yeah. I mean, if it got brought to you by Mrs. Izzy, uh uh, exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. If it doesn't cost you something, I doubt you got what you say you got. Yeah. Because when you when you truly stand for the things of Christ, the world will hate you. Remember, the world crucified Christ. How much more will they hate you? Yeah. Jesus said, "Go ahead, Ezzy, and we'll we'll go back and forth." Yeah. Man, it's, it's so many layers, man, and and that's know, why yeah. the reason why many people uh, haven't accurately counted the cost. Is because the cost has been cheapened, right? The cost, like we're two thousand plus years evangelism. Go ahead. Exactly. So we're two thousand plus years removed from the actual payment. Right. We we wasn't there to see his flesh hanging off his bones. We wasn't able to see his bones. We weren't able to see his spleen and his organs hanging out of his body. We wasn't able to see that he was beaten unrecognizably. We didn't see the payment. 
So what happens over the years in the early church and and you people talked about the payment that um, the, the church was very articulate about the cross and the cost. Right. And, and, and we was or we was very verbal about that. But but then we started branching out into denominations, started branching out into the uh, idolatry of uh, the idolatry of of points of the gospel, like how people idolize uh, um, word of faith or people idolize or idolize faith or they idolize grace or they so they take one part of the gospel mm-hmm. and make it more than what it was. And that's what Jeff right. uh, spoke about as far as the different measures and how maybe this point of the gospel was meant to have this much measure, but we may, we tr- quadruple this measure and now we have a uh, poor nourished, uh, malnourished uh, individual or people who's not even converted. And so yeah. what happens is you have to literally understand um, the cost for you to be saved, the cost right. for us to be saved. Then you will take whatever. The Bible says for the joy that was set before him, yeah. he endured the cross, despised his shame. Right. Right. That's a, when That's he. When Jesus becomes the joy that's set before us, yes. when you love him more than the house, the car, marriage, you love him more than anything, you'll endure it because I know what he saved me from. But because we haven't done, quote unquote, significant sins, we start measuring sins with each other versus all sins are evil before God. Right. And so what we have to understand is that this this thing that we're walking into is not a country club, but it is warfare. And so when you create Christianity that has different country clubs and cliques and sets, right, where people begin to uh, find identity in versus identity in Jesus, then now the cost now is their church they they attend. Their cost of Christianity is whatever that quote unquote um, pastor is uh, uh, giving clearance to. And so now there's a lot of people who don't even know what discipleship is. And I wrote this right here, Jeff. Let me yeah. find it. God is responsible for conversion. Right. We're responsible for discipleship. Right. And just he to made, clarify for scripture, it says that he adds to the church daily. That's why, why has, Ezzy is saying that. He, so not, I, the, not the we apostle. We don't. So we may be used to get someone yes. saved, but right. we were the vessel. Yes. Now that we are now, we have brought a brother and sister through the leading of the Holy Spirit and through his providence that we're now able to bring um, as a tool, help to get someone saved. Now he says, go and make disciples. The Holy Spirit is responsible for making the Christian. We're responsible for making the disciple. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that full responsibility is on our shoulder, but I'm not saying that without Christ, we can make disciples. But the biggest hole that we have in Christianity is that nobody knows what what it is to make a disciple. Correct. How can you make one if you ain't one? Right. How can you make a disciple if you're not discipled? Right. And I think let's get to the text, man, because I had so many points right here. Um, um, Let's get to it. It says now great crowds accompanied him. And I want to stop there for a few seconds is that I love how Jesus wasn't phased by the crowds. Right. Jesus loves everyone, but he knows the hearts of everyone. Right. Right. So now great because people came to him because of what, Jeff, the miracles. Right. But when it was time for them to be a disciple, people started getting uh, getting funny. Right. One sacrifice. See, they're around Jesus for his success. 
Yep, they don't right. like him whenever he starts talking about sacrifice. Ooh, Jeff. And they're, yes, exactly. sir. So yes, they, sir. They, and they think that Christianity is about success. Mm -mm. And some of those denominations you mentioned are what got it wrong. Um, when really it's about sacrifice. Because if I look at Christianity, what is Christianity? It means I'm a follower of who, Ezzy? Christ. A follower of who? Of Christ. Was Christ successful or was he sacrificial? That's the difference. He was sacrificial. You know, the reason why we don't know the price he paid is because we don't realize how evil we are. Yeah. If we realize the depth of darkness that is on the inside of man and what Jesus Christ had to pay. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not a, it wasn't his success. They came around him when he was successful. But as soon as he started talking about sacrifice, only 120 showed up in the upper room and they had to wait 10 days even then. So and how many and how many people ready to go after 10 minutes? Right. And that's why the Bible says in the last days, people will not be able to endure sound doctrine. Do, and I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole. Uh, tangent yeah, yeah, of mind. I'm going to get on oh, soapboxes. I, I, I already hear you. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> have you not have people not realized how modern day culture, modern day technology has shortened our attention span? Yep. This is by design. Yep. Because they know in order to count the cost, you must ha you must take the necessary amount of time to consider what it will take. Right. But if you want the fast food gospel versus the 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 cooked in the kitchen, the marinade, you know, Jeff, Jeff knows. Yeah. And, and how long it takes for for things to taste authentic and not like a chemical. Right. But most people, they want it fast. But do we understand sound doctrine, understanding the tenets of the faith? Because so many people, Jeff, and I think this is going to be one of the top main contributors to the great falling away, is that people have emotional connections to church experiences. Oh, that's 100%. Experience. You have to understand that that's almost a demonic term. It has, I'm not saying experience, the word is demonic, but church experiences that that is by design from from devils because they know literally, if, if, literally devils designed that terminology well, from the secret say, like, no go ahead sorry go ahead no go ahead bro no 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 go ahead yeah people don't understand that these type of systems and ideologies and marketing strategies were created by devils devils okay. that says less there is no such thing as uh, being seeker friendly the no. gospel ain't friendly. Now, now, there's what I mean by that is, is it's telling you to die first. You're right. But it's telling you. Not I mean, to he die literally says, you... "Hate your father or your we'll, mother." I mean, it's just craziness. And we'll, we'll get, get into it. And Jesus spoke yeah. in hyperboles to make it to show yes. you the extreme of it. Exactly. I'm yes. gonna get there because Jeff, you can't, you can't, bro. We preachers, boy. This, yeah. this is tough. We, we, for you, have you noticed we haven't got through none of our texts? Now I know. But what I'm saying is that these church experiences can be designed versus divine, man. Well, and as he let, let me say it like this. So there yeah. is a, this is so good. Uh, uh, design versus divine. That's right. Because here's the thing. So a lot of Christians, uh, especially in America, work from uh, what is called pragmatism, which yeah. in layman's terms means if something works, it must be good. But I want to tell you that witchcraft works. It works, but it is not good. It's not good. Uh, uh, manipulation works, which is a form of witchcraft, but it is not good. 
It's not good. Just because something works, I don't care if people are barking like dogs in the middle of your services. There is nowhere in the Bible <laughs> where they are doing that type of nonsense. Yes. God is a God of order. He is not. Now, we do. We are fools for Christ, and God does outlandish things. But some of these things that these people get into is absolute insanity. And to think that God is up there making this nonsense up and, and that God, the Holy Spirit, is in it and that there are Christians who are falling for it, it's exactly what you said, Ezzy. They are addicted to an experience, but not the Holy Ghost. Because they, yeah. they want to experience, and here's why. Because that experience helps you to have an emotional attachment. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit is 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 true regardless of how i feel regardless. meaning he is mm. not he is not predicated upon how i feel for oh. instance you don't you don't know how many times i've prayed as a lord i don't feel like this yeah. but your word says this so i am standing in faith regardless of how i regardless. feel on what your word says because some of you think that you have to feel it and and that that is faith that is a lie you lie. don't have to feel it. I don't feel like running, but I still get up and do it. It doesn't mean that I have to feel like it to, for it for it to be faith. No, I've got to do it regardless of what I feel like, because the Holy Spirit is is it, it, He cares about His Word, not your feelings, as much oh. as He does your work, uh, as He does His work. And a lot of times, what you think is that oh, I'm going to have my emotions. Uh, let, let me say it like this, as a uh, uh, I, I want my um, uh, the word to align with my emotions. And God says, no, your emotions need to align with his word That's regardless. Right. So and me and more important, in spite despite your uh, uh, emotions, that your actions reflect his word, because the Bible says in Matthew 633, seek ye first the kingdom of God in what his right. righteousness, mm -hmm. not not don't seek ye first uh, an experience. Don't seek an emotion. Don't seek uh, a, a, a little prayer that you did at the altar and you cried for the 15th time, but you never changed, uh, which yeah. is another pet peeve of mine. But don't let me get started on that. Um, I'd rather you sit back. Jesus can touch you wherever you're at. But what I'm saying, and I'm not against altars, but what I am saying is like, just because your emotions don't line up with it, that doesn't mean you didn't get it. It just means that, that your emotions, because you're in your flesh, your flesh, listen, I, I when I pinch myself right now, it hurts. Yeah. Right? So so it, it is what it is. But it, but it, regardless, I have to listen to his word, regardless of how I feel. So and, you're right about going and, back to the experience. Yeah, and I think most people don't understand they're <laughs> part they're part of uh uh cults, they're part right. of uh uh um oh, dungeon dungeons of demons. And yeah. and and any that's why I'm talking as you talk about that for a second, because you make a, a good point. I, I think you can make a good point. Talk about the fact about how the lack of love oh, yeah. leads them into because their <clears throat> emotions. They go to those cults to fulfill what only Jesus can do. Yeah, and and that's that's if that's why I tell people, don't be a devil, but think like a devil. Yeah. I'm not talking. Don't be a devil, but think like a devil. What I mean by think like a devil is how would the enemy cause a great falling away. Yeah. He knows that if I can remove the man out the home, mm -hmm. remove words of affirmation, 
remove strong families, then I can create these systems and these hubs. I can upset where, the foundations, right? If I can upset the foundation, then I can create false foundations. Mm -hmm. I'll fund them. I'll polish them. I'll exalt them. I will promote them. I will do miracles through them. I will have them profit. Do you not? You think I, so? Right now, I can call someone in another country and get them on the phone that quick. Mm -hmm. If our communication system is that elite, what do you think the spiritual world's communication system is? Maybe. So you don't think the devil around you can communicate to the devil in that cult leader and be able to prophesy ex ac accurately what's going on? All they got to do is communicate with each other. And exactly. so what they do is if I can get people so emotional and look at how with the political uh, sphere and what it comes to, I see more Christian on Christian crime than I do Christian on demons. Right. I see more people hating this group. So what they do is by design because people need to feel accepted. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is I'll use God in my cathedrals. I'll use God in my churches, knowing that you need love. And so what I'll do, I will tackle, I will tailor my messages, my lights, my, my colors. I will tailor everything down to a science to, to not lean towards your spirit, but to lean towards the carnality in your flesh so that you will be a fish on a hook. And all I got to do is bring you in and you will be uh, either not converted or you'll be forever a babe. That's why you see they have to keep evangelizing because true converted people leave these churches. Yes. So they have to keep that system going because it is profitable. That is such a good point. True, true converted. They may not leave right away. But they notice. They but notice something right. down the line, something will begin to stir on the inside of them from the something Holy Spirit. Right. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not, right. and they might not be able to put a put a, 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 a you know they might not be able to pinpoint it because they're not grow they're not as grown you know they're not grown in the word yet so they can't they can't figure out but but the spirit of God is like see, something's not right. See the reason why people love these churches because their flesh is full. Those who are converted eventually leave because their spirit is not being fed. Exactly. So, so these churches have to feed your flesh because they know. Listen, Jeff, I realized this as a young boy when I when I used to be in these churches and, and people falling out with the Holy Ghost. I'm not sitting there saying that, you know, whatever. But people was having all these feelings. And I was like, oh, I feel God. And mm -hmm. then when I was in a buffet line, Jeff, I felt the same goosebumps. I realized I, I really as a kid, because I'm logical. I'm sure Joanne had the same experience. Yep. You, my wife and Kenny probably would have shouted at the buffet line. <laughs> as a young believer. But I, I was like, why? So I felt the same goosebumps at the buffet line that I felt at, at the other place, right? So then I began to realize, the older I got, I began to realize the certain chords on the piano, the certain, the certain way they do music, like it's to a science. They know, yeah, have you noticed that most, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was saying, and we're not we're not against those things. I have no. prayed for people; they've fallen out in the Holy Ghost. We're for that, but we're yeah. tired of the, of the manipulation. Abuse. There we go, and the abuse. And here's the thing: I don't care if you fell out in the spirit. If the way you came to church is 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 the same way you left, if if I don't see a difference in your life, it doesn't matter how many times you fall out. Like, and I see these people, um, and and they're extreme, and they're falling out every service. But they're the exact same way they came in. They never change. Mm -hmm. So 
Yes, those things are good, but if it doesn't drive you to the Holy Spirit to really uh, allow God to change you, what's the purpose of it? All it is is a show. Showmen do shows. Yeah. Showmen do shows. If you are in a church right now that is more of a show than it is showing fruit, then then I'm telling you, it may be time to leave. Now, I, I went down a rabbit hole, but but uh, it, it's important that we understand the cost of a thing and how society has created a culture where we don't take the time to count the cost. So we literally think that salvation is solely me raising my hand or going to an altar or saying a prayer and I'm done. No one is taking a time like the old early church uh, uh, preachers that went after they preached, went to the back rooms and sat with you for hours until they saw the conversion. Right. Until they saw the Holy Spirit converted you. And yep. then and then they planted you. We don't have that time. And, and, he, and even then, as they would say, hey, you know, Jeff and Josh have, have committed themselves to the Lord today. But we're going to as a church community, we're going to stand by and we're going to encourage them and see whether or not they bear fruit. Because right. fruit, fruit doesn't come immediately after you plant a tree. There is a time to grow. And then and then as that seed grows and the roots go down, then you begin to bear fruit. But see, the problem with just saying, oh, this person got this. I need to see I need time. To see if there's fruit, because remember, as you remember the the four different type or three or four different types of uh, seed that were sown, how some fell yeah, on stony yeah. ground Ooh, and some fell on this. Yeah. It says that yeah. they begin to grow, but then then the 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 cares of this world begin to choke. Yeah, what was grown? So yeah, they had conversion, but guess what? They didn't go through. They didn't make it through because all of a sudden the cares of this world, and all of a sudden their 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 roots were not deep enough. It wasn't and that's deep. why it's important that we don't assume. Just assume everybody is is saved mm. just because they raised their hand and said something. That's think, not fair to do. No, I think churches need to wait 10 years before they tally their conversions. Oh, right. Every year they say 3,000 people got saved in our church. 20,000 people. Have you really audited it? But what do they do? Well, they put here, them in. They put here, them in. Here, here's what I say to them. You say you're saved, but is Christ in you? That's what I want to know. Is Jesus Christ in you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. How do, how do I know that? Well, uh, do you hate the things you once loved? And do you love the things you once hated? Mm -hmm. uh, 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 yes. Like in other words, so you used to like drugs, you used to like alcohol, you used to like this, uh, porn and lust and all this other kind of stuff. Do you not hate those things? Do you see a progression of the Holy Spirit working in your life through sanctification? which of course is initially you're translated from darkness to light. Yeah, exactly. Then there's a process that comes afterwards where the Holy Spirit begins to uh, change you from the inside out. Why? Is it because I no longer think like I do because now I have the mind of Christ. That's right. I no longer feel like I did because now I have the heart of Christ where I didn't have compassion before. Now all of a sudden I'm like, God send me everybody and their mother. You know, uh, as how many times you go and you tell people the gospel, like, I don't care where I'm at. I'll go into the middle of Walmart and be like, Hey, uh, how are you? Or the Lord, the Lord will give me a word of knowledge, and I'll, I'll say, "Hey, are you dealing with this?" And and uh, I remember one time, Izzy, I was at work. I was at work, and I don't like to do one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, with women. You know, uh, it's different online yeah, versus yeah. like in person. But the girl was dating a friend of mine at work, and he said, "Please, she needs prayer." And I said, "Okay, don't tell me anything. Uh, I'm going to go in and see what the Holy Spirit says." And so. Um, I went in and the Lord showed me that she was sexually abused as a child. Wow. And anyway, we began to pray for her 
and uh, she got delivered. There were all kinds of demons in her life. And she said, I literally feel spirits leaving my body as Jesus wow. came into the room and, and changed the atmosphere. Um, but you never know what somebody is dealing with. Like just to assume uh, that they're saved because they look nice or because they carry themselves well or because they say they're a Christian. If I had a dollar for every time somebody said they were a Christian here in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> uh, versus them actually being a Christian, Ezzy, you and I would be living in Fiji with our wives, uh, yeah. with mansions. I Most mean, definitely. literally, you would not believe the amount of people who have said, I'm saved, but Ezzy, their life doesn't line up with it. They're and still cussing. Their language is, is bad. They're still watching stuff they shouldn't watch. They're still listening to stuff they shouldn't listen to. St so there, there's no longer, there's no conviction on the inside of their hmm. heart. You know, it's like there, there's no change. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you didn't get what you say you got. Because no. anybody I know that comes to Jesus, that truly comes to Jesus, your entire life is changed around. I mean, entire life. Yep. And I, I, I mean, people will call you fanatic and radical and all kinds of stuff. I don't care. And it's unfortunate how people don't truly understand um, when, when your whole spiritual Christian um, nutrients comes from a person versus Jesus mm -hmm. versus your own devotion versus your own time in the word versus you mean uh, like a pastor, right? A pastor. Yeah. Then, then you don't, yeah. you don't mm -hmm. know what chemicals are, you know, what's their sanctification score? Are, are, are they, are they, are they look at their wives? How do they treat their wives? Look at their film. Look at the scandals. We're not Whoa. talking about people got to be perfect, but what we're saying is that if there's no remorse for your sins, see, remorse comes from relationship. Like if I know I hurt my wife and I don't feel nothing, I'm not in love with her. No way. I can, I can be, if there's anything that I do against God, it could be a little thing. I feel it. Immediately. That's immediately. That's relationship. Relationship is not about you give me. And I think many churches and many preachers made the gospel us focused versus a yep. uh, 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 Christ focused. Right. Like, like, like we, we look at him as, uh, as an accessory. Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is my he's boyfriend. A means to an end. He's a means to an end. He's a get out of hell free card. He's, mm -hmm. he's someone that gets me my cars, my houses, my everything versus him giving me life and life more abundantly. And we think that, that, that means the tangible things. No, the abundant life is the intangible. I would rather have a, a, a marriage where there's love than to have a marriage in a mansion where there's no love. I'd rather be in, in, a, in a small home where there's joy and peace than in the mansion on an island where there's none. And what we have to realize is, is that the gospel is not about our feelings. It's about, it's about us understanding what's facts. The facts is we are in a fallen world. It is factual that we are sinners. It's a factual that we have a sin nature. It is factual that we live in a beautiful world created by, by the breath of our God. And, and that, but we, we don't match that beauty. 
we're beautiful on the outside. We we look at ourselves and we know they're creative, uh, creatively designed, but we're missing the divine piece. The divine piece is what makes us uh, 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 awaken, not woke, but awaken to, to, to the beauty of God. So that now we can be like, my whole life now is to worship him because I factually understand my current state, the Christ that I need for me to have a renewed state so that I can actually be used as a, ambassador a beacon of light to lead others back to the facts that there is a god there was a there there is there was a moment in time where Jesus came and lived amongst people, died and paid our payment for us to have life. And until we understand that as factually true, then how can we have the proper emotional connection to the faith? See, if you don't have an intellectual understanding, not puffed up intellect, because you know all the apologetic terms, we're talking about, we're talking about when you fully understand the terms and conditions of the contract, then right. you know what, why, then you know um, uh, uh, whether or not you should invest emotionally. But if you invest right. emotionally in a gospel that's partial, then what happens when suffering comes? So if you only attach yourself to the, the prosperity side, then what happens when the pruning comes? Then all of a sudden, now you don't want to be in this thing anymore. Exactly. Well, like, Izzy, I was going to say, so two things. One thing, you know, when's the last time a preacher, whenever you came up to get saved, said, listen, if you come into Christianity, it's going to cause discomfort. Yeah. You're going to you're going to have to suffer in one form or another. You're going to have to deny yourself. It, wh when is the last time they said it's no longer about you? It's about him. It's not for your glory. It's for his. Yeah. You know, in Galatians uh, 6 and 17, what did Paul say? He said, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. I bear on my body the scars, the scars that show I belong to Jesus. In other words, he had living proof that he was branded for Christ. You know, whenever a, a farmer goes out and he, he brands his cattle uh, yeah. with the symbol of their thing, Paul says, listen, I, I, I've been branded for Christ. Yeah. I, 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 I belong. I have right here. Here's the market proofs that I'm his. And it's like, if you don't know that the cost, because Listen, Christianity is wonderful. What yeah. you get in comparison to what you yeah. let go is unbelievable. But Man. I don't want you to think that you're not going to have to let it go. That's the part they see. The problem is, as is that they look at the speck of sand, which is your life, versus the beach, which is eternity. Yeah. So eternity is so far outweighs. You know, listen. Can you really put a price on peace? No. Joy. No. Uh, uh, can you put a a, a a price on on um? I, I I mean, you used to be tormented. Uh, there's some people that were tormented in their thoughts uh, to the point where you can't eat and you lose all this weight and you're sick. Uh, mm. uh, some people are 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 uh, discouraged. Uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there there's nothing. There's no price you can put on uh, that you can pay that would uh, uh, be anywhere in near comparison to what you lose to get to get what you Paul what did Paul say he said he said uh uh for me to live is Christ and to die, die is gain. why because nothing in this life can replace or be and as you're gonna say something go ahead I don't want to no no you're fine brother go ahead no, I was just saying like there's nothing 
that in this world that can replace there or that you can give up that, that that can be compared to the glory which will be revealed in us so don't get me wrong the 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 good news of the gospel is that is that my life is completely changed but i think what ezzy and i are trying to say is what jesus said you need to count the cost of your discipleship before you get gung-ho and just come down to the altar and cry and give your life to the Lord, but you don't know what you got into because here's the problem. The churches of today are better at producing hypocrites than they are disciples. And the reason why they're good at that is because they tell them all they have to do is say a prayer, but they don't have to change. And because they didn't tell them what they're getting into, those people begin to fall away. They fall away because they didn't enter in the right way in the first place. And so now you have a bunch of people getting upset because they're looking at goats and Mm. judging sheep. They're looking at goats and judging sheep. They're looking at people who said a prayer and say they're saved, but they're not because it was it was on false pretenses. Mm. It was on a false foundation where they thought that the reason they were to get saved was so that everything could be fine and that they could just continue their life, like Ezzy said, with Jesus as an accessory or what I would say is a supplement, meaning yeah, he's a... He, he, he's a, he's a pre-workout. You know, if you, you go to the gym, <laughs> yep. you take a pre-workout, he's your coffee in the morning. I Meaning he's the extra oomph to get you through your day. But what Ezzy and I are saying is that he is your day. You no longer have a day. You the no longer focus. have, you, you have nothing. It's all, but it all belongs to him. And that's the problem as you know, like Smith Wigglesworth said, he said, it's not ability, it's availability. It's and ability. so many Christians are unavailable because they, they, and I feel like I'm talking too much, but like, no, they, you could, bro. Okay. Uh, so many Christians are unavailable because they were lied to. Lied. Yeah. That 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 you can live your life. It's just that now you're okay because you're going <clears throat> to heaven, and it's not true. Jesus it's, requires complete and total sacrifice and surrender. Anybody who tells you anything different, there, it's not. He even says himself. I mean, you can't. Don't take my word for it. Read the word as he write like the in the scripture. Read the word. It says if you don't take up your cross and 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 yes, even his own life, mm. he cannot. It mm-hmm. doesn't say that he can work it. I says he cannot be my disciple if he if anyone comes to me verse twenty six and does not hate. And of course, he's using that in in symbolic way, but he's saying if anything in your life has priority over me, including yourself. You, can't. you cannot be my disciple because I can't use people who are not surrendered to me. I won't use them. And I told somebody today, I said, I said, your problem is not that you're weak. Your problem is that you are strong. You're so strong. God can't do anything because you're always in the way. Wow. That's you right. always have to be in control. You always want to make the decisions. You're too strong. Your problem is not that you're weak. You're too strong. God does not use strong people. He mm. breaks strong people. He will never use a strong person to, you know, Hudson Taylor, the famous missionary to China, they asked him years later, as you know, I am with this, they said, what is the reason that God used you? And you know what he said? What he said? He said, because I was weak enough. Weak enough. Bro. I was, I was the reason what qualified for God to use you to Mm. do missions. And he said, because I was weak enough. That's why. And people people do not realize 
that we are incapable of doing anything in our own strength. I'm telling you, man, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. When we acknowledge and, and, and make it very clear that God, you're right, man. You was right this whole time. I relinquish all control. All control. And, and that's why, and that's why that statement is so powerful because I saw that in my own life, Jeff. I saw when I tried to do everything in my strength, things didn't work. No, it didn't, it, it wasn't like that. It worked sometimes. It didn't work. Right. It didn't work. But when I let go and realize I am nothing without him, I, I, I am unable to do anything without him. I, I realize how flawed I am and how weak I, I am. And I, and I allow his strength because when people see you do exploits in a, like, like Samson, mm-hmm. If Samson was swole, why would they ask where he get his strength from? Exactly. He Samson wasn't. didn't look strong. Samson wasn't a big swole guy because obviously they will say, oh, that's where he no. got his strength from. Right. He's strong. He lifts weights. Right. Samson must have been a man that didn't give even the close appearance because there would have been some text that would have been like, it must be his muscles. Right. Why, why would... Why would God package such strength in a place, not in his muscles, but in his hair, right? What I'm trying to say was back in the Old Testament, the spirit of God had to come upon. Right. Had to come upon for them to do stuff. Right. He he actually lives in us now. So when we rest on him and let him do the, the, the driving and let him do the everything, We'll do even more. And people will look curiously on you and ask how, like people ask my mom all the time, how did you raise this boy without a dad? It was because anybody looking at it, my, me and my mom's situation can say, uh, he's going to be a statistic. There's no way. There's no way this young man came out of this system, this structure like this. It is because of God. Now people will actually listen to her testimony because they actually see the end of the test. When they see the results of the test and they see that you have passed and they look at you and be like, you were were not taught by, you don't seem like you were learned man. You were not taught by us. You was not taught like we were. They will then look on your life curiously on how you were able to accomplish because God uses weak people because then they can't get the glory. That's right. Why do you think that I couldn't get degrees and I couldn't do this and didn't have that and didn't have this, did it so that when people look at my life, I can't even say my degree is the reason why I'm like this. I can't even say all I got looking back in my past is nothing, (laughs) nothing to show for what God is showing through me. And that's what God wants. But he's preachers with these degrees and these accolades, Christian puffed up in the intellectual prowess, whatever the word is, and all these people Finding their strength. The Bible says, let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the uh, 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 wise person boast in their wisdom. But let those who boast, boast in this. That he knows and understands me. Right. That's relationship. That's relationship. And And what I love about the text, Jeff, it says, 
Let not the rich man, let not the mighty man, let not the wise man. It's saying God doesn't mind you being wise. He doesn't mind you being wealthy. He doesn't mind you being strong, but let not that be your boast. Right. And this is what this text is saying. If anyone comes to me, see, see, Jesus was walking in the crowd and you can probably even sense that Jesus was like, it's time to, it's time to let them know the real deal. And it says he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me, not follows me, but comes to, we'll follow Jesus, but how long? There's a difference between following Jesus and coming to him. There's a difference. Coming to him says, I fully recognize I am, I'm coming to you. You, Because anyone can follow Jesus while it's good. While the wine, while the water's being turned to wine, while biscuits and Bojangles chicken is coming from the sky, anybody will follow him. Right. But he didn't say if anyone does, oh, it does says another church desires to follow me. But if anyone, it says, if anyone comes to me, mm-hmm. he's saying, in order to come to me, since I'm the door, right. you got to hate everyone, including yourself. Right. He spoke in his hyperbole because Jesus was trying to make it very clear. You have to get to a place where they are dead to you, not dead to you where you can't. You hear me closely. We're not saying they're in, they're unable to sway you is what I'm saying. They're yes. incapable, unable to sway. So if God tells you to do one thing, you do it because you counted the cost. You already know, hey, mama, I loved you. I appreciate everything you did for me. Dad, I love you. I appreciate everything you did to me. Brother, sister, even my own accomplishments. Josh, I appreciate what you have done for me at 25 for me at 35. I appreciate it. But I'm following God. Right. Well, I mean, it's like I was thinking about how the. um, Like just this idea that, you know, you've kind of heard the term before where the person's like half saved. Which, yeah. of course, there's no such thing. Yeah. And it's like when the disciples got saved, it was radical, right? But, yeah. you know, going back to that thing about God using weakness, you know, look at Paul. He was a, a, a philosophical, you know, intellect. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. he could be he he hands down could be up there with Plato and, and all of them. He could compete with all of them. And who did God send him to? The Gentiles. Yeah. Peter. They said he's unlearned. He doesn't even know about church doctrine. And they sent him to the church. <laughs> I see. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it's like, why? Because if Paul would have been sent to the church, they could have said, oh, well, Paul succeeded because he was trained in those things. So mm. look, look, Paul can get the glory, right? Yep. And then Peter, he could have went to the Gentiles because that's the people he's around all the time. He said, yep. oh, he can relate to the Gentiles. So I'm going to send him to the Gentiles. You know, so, but, but, but Jesus didn't do that. He switches them up. Why? Yeah. Because he said, no man will get my glory. Nobody will get Only my glory. Only I will get my glory. Mm. And so, um, you so know, that's, that's why thing. we should grind for his glory. Exactly. And it's like, how are we able to be used by Christ if we haven't fully counted the cost and fully surrendered to yeah. all that he is? You know, if you look at, at, at the number, listen. I swear to you, some people in the world are smarter than these Christians. I mean, it's like you can go get some kid on the streets and show him one of these preachers on TV, and he'll tell you right away that he he's he's fake. I got I got kids in my school right now. I work at a Christian private school. I got I got kids from New York. I got kids from Panama who's on the basketball team, 
and they spot hypocrites. They came to me and said their number one issue that they don't like about this school is the hypocrites. They assumed that if I come to the school, there's going to be Christians. Yeah. And they was like, these a lot of these kids here are hypocrites. And and I and I and I said in chapel Wednesday, I said, how are we going to reach these kids if you're if you as a living epistle is not would even be would even be engrafted into the canon would even right. be would even be connected to the word of God what right. you're what you're living doesn't match the living word right? right and so but my bad go ahead Jeff no no that, I think that's so good because it's reiterating the point that you know they can spot a fake a mile away yeah uh, unfortunately a lot of Christians in the church they'll send their money to these people so <laughs> uh, it's like they have no discernment because remember it's connected to an experience and an emotion versus the word of God. And it's like, they'll even read in the scripture and they can tell it's not true, but because it makes them feel good, they're willing to forego scripture and go toward that experience and that feeling because it makes them feel well. Yeah. And that's the danger is that, listen, I just want to encourage you all. Jesus is enough. He's enough. He has always <laughs> been enough for Ezzy and I. Listen, I, 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 and I don't know how much you've shared about your testimony and we're not going to get into that and how much you know my testimony. But Ezzy and I did not have your typical nice upbringing and things no. like that. Now, no, our parents no. that we had did the very best that they, they could. The best. They did the best. For sure. We honored them for that. That's, that's sure. not the issue. But what I'm saying is like, Ezzy and I should be statistics. I'll give you an example. I should be an alcoholic, probably a drug addict. I should be probably be divorced um, just yeah. based off of things, you know, uh, uh, that I grew up seeing and everything like that. There are certain things that, that that there's no way that I am where I am. I should have done the exact opposite uh, of what I'm doing. It should have been the exact opposite. Yeah. And um, but their only difference was Jesus. That's it. He was the only one that was enough. And when I came to the end of myself, you know, I, you know, Jesus spoke to me one day as he in Texas, mm -hmm. and and he spoke to me not in a church service. I was taking a shower and I, and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I was taking a shower and um, he spoke to me and um, I knew it was him. Yeah. And I, and I, and you know what I did? I remember as he, I, I got all my CD. Nobody told me this. I, and we've discussed this on our secular music thing, but I took all my CDs and threw them in the trash and my aunt came home and she said, D you got saved, didn't you? And I said, how did you know? And yeah. she goes, because my mother, which would be my grandmother, when she truly got saved, she came home and threw away all the CDs. Yes. And so what I'm saying is there was an immediate difference without anybody telling me. I wasn't going to church. I had no pastor. I, was, I lived in Texas. I wasn't around anybody that was a Christian to be able to tell me what to do. But I knew because the Holy Spirit convicted me immediately. And uh, in that and in a few other areas. And Jesus was enough. And he just told me, he said, if you follow me, that's right. If, if you just come after me, I'll yeah. be enough. I'll be everything that you've been looking for. And we're not I, just saying. Okay. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. My bad. My bad, Jeff. Uh, I, we're not just saying this because we're preachers, man. Obviously, you can tell there's a difference um, because Christ made that much of a difference in our lives, man. And, and we're not just trying to say this because. We want to persuade you. We just believe that this is he is who he says he is. And you judge our fruit by the tree. You judge you judge our tree by the fruit. And and but not even just that, bro. 
people have to really understand when we say that he's enough, like you, you're not attached to stuff. Well, maybe they haven't come to rock bottom yet. Like and that's and I, and I think that's what happens. And there's two ways. You can either go rock bottom, fall rock bottom, or find the rock bottom. Man. Right. <laughs> you, you, there's an option. You don't yeah. have to fall no. to hit the rock bottom. You can find the rock now. Yeah. And be like the wise bill that built their life on the rock. So we as people who have found the end of ourselves and realize that, that yo, he's the only thing sturdy enough to build our lives on. I used to idolize my ministry. I used to idolize the idea of marriage. I used to be all in, in, involved in the, 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 the marketing schemes and the, the, the modern day church. I knew they were scammers. But I love their methods. And I was like, oh, I can use the methods. And and then when God began to say, um, Josh. I don't I, use methods, do I? No, no. Go he ahead. don't use methods. No. He doesn't I, use cleverness. He no, doesn't he don't, use, he don't, he don't use technology and strategy and all this other nonsense. John he doesn't the, use any of it. John the Baptist out there in the wilderness with, with wool skin and honey and, and, and eating crazy diet, crazy clothes. The Pharisees come, the dudes start calling them vipers. Did he call them vipers or Jesus? But yeah. anyway, he or called them vipers. Right. He, he said, y'all and y'all soft clothing. Yeah, what exactly. he was saying was, y'all look the part, but you're not the part. Right. And what we have to get to is realizing the difference between a New Testament church and a New Age church. We have to know right. the difference between what it means to follow him. And, and, and there's a level of confidence Ooh. that comes with that. There's a level of, of strength that comes with that. Because even if you put a gun to my face, you ain't God, fam. And, and, and when you have that relationship and you have that connection with God, you at rest at all times. Because you know that you, you always seek his kingdom first. Will God allow a person, your employer, will never send you on behalf of a company send you to a city without all those needs being met for that particular assignment for that city. Right. You would be a fool, Jeff, to go to that city looking for a house, looking for a car, looking for life there. You would be a fool because that's not your home. You're there for an assignment. Right. So we people be looking like fools and God's like, you're not even seeking the kingdom, which is eternal. You seeking the world that will pass. Right. And he said, I didn't send you down here to look for houses and cars and lands and stuff for you. Trust that if you seek my kingdom and you seek to do things the right way, I'll take care. I'll take care of everything. But you have to be okay of how he wants to take. Oh, man, you got to be okay with how he wants to take care of you. Right. You can't have no hearty idea of how you think you should be taken care of. I love the word of God. As I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread, but we want nice bread all the time. I'm not saying that, saying that God won't take care of us. But what I'm saying is if there's a famine across the land, you, you got to be okay with however you, and whatever he says to take care of you. Yes. And you've got to be dependent on him because the, the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. That's right. You know, uh, but but how you react in your circumstance is different. You know, I can't remember. I want to say I don't want to say a name because I'm not sure. Yeah. But they were they were in a Jewish concentration camp, and the Lord had told them, you know, always be thankful, no matter what. 
and they began to thank God and, and they had bed bugs and they say, Lord, I thank you for the bed bugs. Yeah. Even the bed bugs, I'm thankful. Well, do you yeah. know what happened? The so the German soldiers were going in and raping the women. But they came into this particular bunker or whatever they were in. And because all of them had bed bugs, they wouldn't sleep with them. So it protected them from being raped. So they said, we were thankful to God, even for the bed bugs. God sent them so that we would get the bed bugs all over us so that the soldiers wouldn't rape us and sleep with us. See, this is what I'm saying to y'all. You can, you, you. You have to. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you got to take. You got to take a different approach. That I, Jesus Christ, is enough. He knows your life. He knows exactly how to take care of you. If he has to send bed bugs to keep you from being molested, then that's what he's going to do. And you may think that's a bad thing, but guess what? The end result was that it saved their lives. We don't even know what he sent for us for us not to even have certain circumstances. I don't even, God does more for you. He, God does more for you in regards to what you, let me say like this. The stuff, the stuff you don't know about, God's done more for you that you will never know versus stuff you do know. Right, exactly. So you got to count it all joy because I rather have my purity. I rather have my sanity. I rather have my whatever. With bed bugs, mm-hmm. then to have that snatched away from me. That's why I'm telling you all, man, when you get to that place where you like Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. You're safe anywhere. Yes. You're safe anywhere. Like, 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 yo, fam, like, like, what, what, um, just the various how God has been leading my marriage, man. It's like, man, I couldn't have came up with this how we got to the house that we're in and how, how he ordered our steps. Yep. So when I see how he's ordered my stuff to this point, by all means, God order my steps continuously. Right. Because he always, you know, it's, it, that's funny. You brought that up because like, even when we moved into the house that we're in, man, uh, we never even stepped foot in this house before I made an offer because we looked it up and I had a dream and the Lord showed me, this is my house. And he spoke to me, through a prophet that I did not recognize in my dream. I called my realtor and I said, listen, I know I haven't visited this place, but I want you to put an offer for this amount on this house. And of course, thank God she was a Christian or she might've thought I was crazy. But guess what? Out of all the people that kept offering, Jeff and Joanne got the house. Exactly like my dream said. And then, um, go ahead. All right. Men. That's how much you have to trust him. Men must be dreamers. Men must be visionaries. The number one man in the Bible that doesn't get enough credit is Joseph. We're talking about Jesus' stepdad. How many dream? How many times did like if if men have to be sensitive, men must adhere to these dreams. The same thing happened with both of the houses that we have in our marriage. Me and my wife got married. I had a townhome. She yeah. put up her. She before we got married, she put up all the Christmas stuff, right? She put up all the Christmas stuff, and when she moved in, and, and, and a month later, we had to move. Yeah. And when I went to the other townhome. Not knowing that our family, however, God, the reason why God did it was because God did it. But the town, I, we was outside of it. And I said, this is ours. My wife was like, how you know? I know. 
We was in there for a whole year. Another letter in the mail. You have to move out right before the pandemic happened. Yeah. Because where we was at, that wasn't where we were supposed to be. We didn't know a pandemic was coming. And my wife, we, we looked at this house and I said, it's ours. Yep. She said, how do you know? I know. She's like, are you sure? It's a little bit more. I said, I know. Who's been in here for a year now? What, and one night, two or three months ago, my wife looked at me and turned to me. She said, I can trust where you're going because I know who you connected to. We have to show fruit that we follow in order for others to follow. Right. Like, that's important. When we tell our testimonies, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. Yeah, I like what you said, because listen, we're not saying these things because we're preachers. We're not just preaching you some lofty no. whatever nonsense. We've no. actually been through it. I'm telling you that Jesus is enough because he has been enough in my life, not in my words, in my life. life. And as his life, he has been. Enough. Listen, if y'all knew. And I'm sure Izzy hasn't even gone into full detail about everything. But there are things behind closed doors that they don't know that we have been through that they have absolutely no idea. And they you're never talking will our, know. You're talking, you're talking about our wives or people? No, our lives. You and oh, me. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Our lives. There are things in our lives that, that you know, that are private that we, we've never even shared about certain things we've been through. Yeah. And uh, and and some of the things you'll never hear. Um, but I can tell you. Mm. That when I said that Jesus was faithful, yes. When I was laying on the ground doing, I don't think y'all understand. Like when we were at the very bottom and had nothing, God Man. came in and was faithful to us. I'll follow Him anywhere because He's faithful. Because He's faithful. So when people look at us and, and they say you're radical or you're fanatic. The reason why they say that is because they don't understand what we've been saved from. They don't know how good he has been to us. They don't know how undeserving his <clears throat> grace and mercy has been in our lives. That that's the reason why we're fanatical because it no human being would do what he did for us. And no, I'm not talking about for us, everybody. I'm talking about no human being would have done what he did for Joshua Ezzy and Jeff. There's no, there's no way. That he that a human being could do what so, he did just for us. That's why I'm baffled when people try to convince me away. I'm baffled that people can walk away. You can't move me off my square, man. You can't. Nope. Because all the people who's ever done anything for me combined can't it won't even cost a penny in comparison to what God has did for me. So I gotta follow him. I gotta go with him. Because I don't whatever you offer ain't enough, fam. And, and I think that's the beautiful thing about following him is that let me count the cost. Let me count the price. Let me count the 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 unmeasurable amount of grace and mercy that was given. Like when counting the cost is not about forward. Counting the cost is what has been paid. So when I when I see how much was paid, I can I can count the cost and be like, oh, I'll go with him anywhere. Because when I look back over my life, how the old saints say, when I look back over my life. And see what he has done for me. That's easy yeah. calculations. We're going forward. Right. But people, that's what happens when you give a partial gospel. You only talk about how much God loves you, how much he cares for you. But we don't talk about the ugly side of the gospel. 
We don't talk about the damaging effects of sin in a person's life. We don't talk about the wrath of God as being compounding on all non-believers. We don't talk about hell as a real place. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that side that balances it out. You have, in order to be convinced, like if someone comes to you, Jeff, and says, I have the cure of cancer. Right. <laughs> you will say, okay, well, let me see that effect. Let me see it. And when right. you have been fully persuaded that this thing cures cancer, you go for it. Right. But you have to know what cancer is in order to receive the cure. Exactly. So if all you, you talk not, about you, is the you cure. You will not see the value of the cure Woo. until you see the price of the disease. Woo. The value of the cure goes up in relation to the the uh, effect or the impact of the disease. And sin mm. is such gross darkness. You know, I like it what somebody said this one time. As he goes, he goes. You know, when you look, when you look at, you remember the movie Lord of the Rings? Yeah. He said, "See, all of you look at that, and you think of yourselves as the hobbits and the." the elves and all that kind of stuff. He said, but when God looks down, he doesn't see that. He said, he sees those things coming out from underneath the earth. <laughs> he said, that's what your evil is. Your darkness is before him. And he died for that. Yeah. When you realize that, the, the depth of darkness that is on the inside of your heart, and yet he was willing to love you and die for you in spite of that. Listen, Jesus uh, does not love you for who you are. He loves you in spite of who you are. In spite of who you are. There's a difference. He doesn't love you for who you are because if he loved you for who you are, he would have never sent his son, right? He loves you in spite of who you are. I mean, he overlooks it. There's something underneath the darkness that he sees uh, uh, that is valuable. It's so valuable. It was worth the price of his son. Mm. That's the price that you're worth. The the price, the value, your value is his son, son's death on the cross. That's how valuable, you know, I, I think as he, uh, and maybe we can get into uh, food here in a minute because I do see the time, but um, the uh, something is only worth what you're willing to pay. That's real. And Jesus, God's currency was his son. He was willing to pay his son. That's how valuable he thought you were. Like I, I, like me, I have Ethan and Henry. Imagine that I saw the world and thought they were valuable so much that I would literally take Ethan and Henry and go and sacrifice him for the sake of them. I mean, when you put it into that term. I see what you're saying, yeah. Did, bro, I wouldn't sacrifice my sons for, <laughs> for nobody. nobody. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it can, like, one person that, would, that, that is, uh, I'm not talking about somebody who's like, Satanic, crazy. but I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 or crazy, yes, uh, because they are, and they're pushing for that uh, right now not, in a abor with abortion. But that's you're another right, subject. Right. Yep. But um, and they're child sacrificing all the other nonsense. But it's anyway, uh, uh, mm -hmm. and they think anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me not get started. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> I know. But anyway, uh, uh, my God, help our nation, Lord. But yeah. um, anyway, uh. To, to, to think that, do you know anybody that would take their son and say, kill him so that this one can live? Like, you do, name one human on earth that would do that right now. Tell nobody me one. Right, nobody Not right a mind. single one. <clears throat> Not a single one. Not a single And yet God loved you that much. He was willing to take his son, who is just, who is so innocent, 
and put him on a cross and die for you. Hmm. So anyway, uh, Ezzy, if you're done, maybe we can do. Uh, we'll do uh, a part two. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Exactly. oh no, no. Oh, oh, oh I thought it's what you're saying. Oh yeah. Go ahead and pray, Jeff. I'll let you go ahead and pray, man. Yeah, maybe we can do a quick prayer. I just want to pray and then we'll get into our food while you're bringing that. But y'all listen, uh, Izzy and I believe in, in the power of healing and, and it can be physical healing, but also relationship healing. I can't pray everybody individual. We can't do that because obviously you'd have to type out all your stuff and maybe we will do that one time, but we kind of just want to put this in. So we're just going to pray for you. So wherever you are, if you have a physical ailment, I want you to put your hand on that yes. part. Yes. Uh, just, just in faith. Remember, it's not Ezzy and I healing. It's Jesus Christ healing. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to put your hand on that. And here's what I want you to do. We're, we're going to pray. And if Jesus uh, and when he does something in, in you, I want you to write that in the comments, even past this, because I want people to go in there and be able to see and be encouraged that God is still active today and that he cares for you. That's right. I want them to be encouraged. So, Father, in Jesus mighty name, God. We pray for every physical ailment right now. Neck pain be gone now in the yes. mighty name of Jesus. Uh, hip and shoulder, and then I see knee be gone now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you touched them. Somebody I think uh, needs help paying their mortgage. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help them. Yes, and Lord. that could be somebody watching now or somebody in the future. I don't know. But I pray, God, that you would help them supply all their needs and give them wisdom to uh, be able to switch up their payments so that they, they can pay correctly, Lord. I don't know what that's about, but switch up their budget so they can pay for their mortgage in Jesus' mighty name. Give them wisdom, Father. And we just thank you, Lord God, for complete and total healing. I pray for relationship healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we give you glory. I thank you, Lord God, that you go in to their homes right now, wherever they're at, and touch them, Father, for your glory, because you're still a good God. And we love you, Lord. We bless you. And we give you all the glory and all the credit and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us know Amen. in the comments. Let us know if that's you. Let us know, John, not for us, but for the encouragement of someone else. Um, because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in healing. We believe in deliverance. And, um, and we believe that God is still active. And he's looking for people who are available so he can act through them. The word of God says greater works will do. And when, though, when, when the men of God and the women of God believe that, the world will be shaken. Amen. Amen. Powerful well, stuff, my brother. Powerful stuff. Started to transition after that, but that was great. Oh, yes. There we go. There we go. Well, um, there's there's faith, then there's family. Mm -hmm. See, I don't even say friends because Jeff is family. Yeah, we're family. There's family, there's faith, there's family, then there's food. That's right. And oh, how we love food, man. I oh, think. Man food is top, like love God, love yourself, love your family. And then after that, there's food, man. Mm -hmm. So today's topic is we're going to talk about our top three favorite cereals, our top three favorite cereals. I'm going to put my phone as I typed this while I was getting my wife's uh, tires done because I had to really think about this list. So I, I of course, for those who's uh, familiar with me, they know um, how my, my cereal today is different, but I decided to talk about the top three cereals of all time, all time, yeah. all time. So get in the comments, y'all get in the comments. Let us know, uh, as we go, we're going to start with our number threes and we're going to go to two and then go to one. So join with us 
even after the live is over, for those who's watching live on Facebook and and um, YouTube, let us know in the comments. We're gonna go from three, then two, then one. And yep. so, um, man, this was tough, Jeff. Yeah. Before you guys start, milk or cereal first? Both. So my okay, my milk of choice is almond milk. Yeah, I oh, use no, it for oh, my oat milk. Oat milk. Mean? Oh no, I mean I use milk, but uh, what is she saying? Before you guys start, milk or cereal first? Well, I put the cereal and then the milk. I don't know what they mean by that. Oh, milk. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Which one do you pour in first? I pour the cereal in first. Then so do I. Yeah, I do cereal then the milk. Okay, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't understand people who put the milk in there first and then the cereal because the cereal just yeah. floats. Exactly. Yeah. I no, like I the anointing. I like the anointing to pour on all flesh. Exactly. I got a bathroom. Can can, can can dead can dead bones live or something like that? What's, what's, anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, my number three. <laughs> dry bones live. That's right. My three dry bones. Yeah. Can dry cereal live when you put that milk on it? After it's been, my, hey Henry doesn't even put milk in his cereal. I, I can't even understand. That's kids, no man. See, kids, kids, they their brains are developing, man. Like yeah. my nephew just, <laughs> my nephew said he'll never eat. Only thing he eats is sushi and fish. Right? Just yeah. yesterday, this man comes. I get a, I get a, a Facetime call. The little niece says, "Guess what, Uncle Josh? Uh, Junior uh, eats meat now." I said, "Fam, see, I said yeah, I knew that- it." That's I said, how Henry was. He was whatever, and then he started eating meat. Yeah, it just they need time to grow. It hits you. I, I told him. I told him two years ago. I prophesied to that young man. I said, when you turn thirteen, you're going to eat meat again. And he mm-hmm. just turned thirteen in January. I said, see, see. Yep. Yep. My number three oh, cereal of all time, honey bunches of oats, man. Oh, that's good. Honey bunches wow. of oats, number three, because my mom, my mom, that was the main cereal of the house. My mom. She, there was a point where it was Fruit Loops, and it was um. She got all the kitty cereal. She started getting, you know, before when I was young, it was Fruit Loops, then it was Apple Jacks, stuff like that. But then when she became, you know, uh, you know, whatever older, she started switching up to Honey Bunches of Oats. So Honey Bunches of Oats number three for me. Mine is Fruity Pebbles. I love Fruity, Fruity Pebbles shelf life though, Jeff. Fruity Pebbles in the first few seconds, great experience. No, I only don't use that word. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Then they begin to get yeah. Yeah, soggy, man. I'm like, come on, give me more life. I got you. I, I need who, who makes who makes Fruity Pebbles? Kellogg's. Kellogg's, I think. Yeah. We need to send a letter to Kellogg's, man. What are y'all? Why doesn't Fruity Pebbles and Cinnamon Toast Crunch not have shelf life? Mm-hmm. If those cereals can endure to the end, there won't be a bowl saved. Oh, we lost Jeff. Well, my number, what's y'all number three? Fruity Pebbles for Sanaya. Is that Sanaya to go to my school? Fruity Pebbles number three. I think Jeff will come back. Let me let me text him. What's y'all number three? Yes, sir. Fruity Pebbles is good, man. I just wish Fruity Pebbles had more shelf life, man. Let me see if Jeff's coming back. Let me call him on a cellular device. So my number three, honey. Y'all. Oh, let me call him. What about fruity fruity milk? Now, don't get me wrong. That milk. Seven, eight. His phone must have died. But yeah, there's nothing. Now, that is true. Some people say the best cereal is is the milk it leaves. Some people will say that their cereal is dependent on the milk that it leaves. Now, some milk that it leaves just too sugary. Okay. Okay. Some people's um, cereals. I'm gonna go ahead and finish it out. I'm going to finish the podcast. Uh, Jeff had to handle something, but some cereals 
what they leave as far as milk is diabetes. Not only are you getting di- not only are you getting high sugar. Um, he said he'll call in in just a minute, but it's not like just like um, the experience on the front end. But sometimes the milk. Now, which cereal leaves the best milk? That's the question. What cereal leave? Hey, girl, you doing all right? I'm glad you're watching the live, girl. Good to see you. But yeah, my number, Jeff said he'll come, but you might have to end. Okay, nothing bad. Just, okay. Okay, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and do my number two. My number three was uh, honey bunches of oats. So we got honey smacks. We got my wife fruit. Okay, Fruit Loops is good. Fruit Loops is probably in my top five of all time. So, so we got my wife says Fruit Loops. Let's see who's who was number three. What about the fruity? Yeah, we are. Yep, yep. Peanut. Oh, you already gave us your whole three, Mama. Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles is good. Cinnamon Cocoa Puffs. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. All right. So my number two. My number two is. I'm gonna get to my list. My number two is going to be honeycombs. Honeycombs. I'm trying to tell you. Honeycombs. I love a cereal. That's why I, I, I love my mom used to really buy a lot of uh honey bunches of oats and honeycombs and honey nut Cheerios. What I loved about honeycombs, honey nut Cheerios is the shelf life. Like honey nut Cheerios don't go soggy. They don't they don't get soggy until 30 minutes in. Honey bunches of oats, not honey bunches of oats, um, um honeycombs and honey nut Cheerios. There's always a crunch. There's always texture and the subtlety of the flavor. Oh, man. Right now, I wish Whole Foods had has or had um, the the organic version of honeycombs because that would honeycombs. See, see, flesh and blood did not reveal it. You know, you know, if you know, you know what y'all the kids say. If you is it I, you in or whatever y'all be saying. Fruit Loops number two, Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay, see, my wife, honey. You know what, babe? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring some of these cereals back. We about to have kids. You know what I'm saying? We gotta bring these cereals back, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna go. We're gonna go to Whole Foods and see. I'm gonna go online and see who has an organic, healthy version of Honeycombs. But I think Honeycombs is by itself is pretty healthy, as well as Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios, bang too. Depending, on, that is true. Yeah, honey Nut Cheerios and Honeycombs. They, they, when you feel grown, like when you feel mature, when you start feeling like, hey, I'm a mountain in things in life, right? Those cereals hit. Like the Fruity Pebbles, the Cocoa Puffs, all that stuff is good for when you, you know, when you're, you just, you got probably those cereals are kicking when I have kids. Those cereals probably kick in. But when you start getting all them honeycombs in there, yeah, it's too much sugar. I think that was it for me. When I was a kid, even though my number one cereal, it just is what it is. But this cereal right here was the best cereal of all time. But honeycombs is where it's at. But most of these cereals got too much sugar. Maybe back in our day, it wasn't that sugary. All right. My number two is honey. Not honey. Well, honey bunch of oats? No, that's honeycombs. Oh, no. no honeycombs, number two. My number, Whole Foods probably or Earth Fair. I'm going to check them out, Sanaya. Oh, Jeff's back. Sorry, y'all. I apologize. Technical difficulty. I, I held yeah. it down for you, Jeff. I held it down yeah. for you. Thank Everybody you. good? So, everything good? Yes, everything is good. I apologize. Right, good. No problem. Did you do so number two yet? We. I just said honeycombs is my number two. 
Okay. So, ooh, honeycombs. I try. I, yeah, I know, Jeff. I know. I might I get some like honeycombs honey. for this week. Honeycombs is like good. Uh, my number two is cocoa puffs. Your mama said it. Your mama said cocoa puffs already. What did she say? Let me see. She said cocoa puffs. She she had she listed all her three. Where is she at? Hold on, let me see. I'll show you. Where, where your mama at? Where mama at? There she go, right here. Oh, she said cocoa pebbles, not cocoa puffs. Yeah, okay. So good. Yeah, but well, I mean, if you want to put like cocoa, sorry, if you want to put cocoa pebbles and um, uh, fruity pebbles tied, because I do like both. I mean, they're made by the same thing or whatever. But you said honeycombs for your number two. I said cocoa puffs. All right, bro. What is number one? Number one for me. Now I just want to show this love right here. Uh, they uh, crown Denise, uh, Denise. Lord, forgive me. She said, uh, you are the reason I look up restaurants and their score on Yep. So I want to make sure my wife see that. And she's making an impact out here in the world. Oh, sorry. I thought it was saying Brittany is. The, I thought Brittany, Brittany was saying that to you. And I was like, no. Oh, no. She, yeah, she's, talking, like, mm-hmm. she's talking about Brittany. Okay. Yeah. I was like, no, that's Brittany that's doing. Okay. Gotcha. That's why I was confused. Mm-hmm. Well, my <laughs> brother, uh, Eddie said, peanut butter cap. Oh, I forgot about the captain. Yep. But captain. Well, Chris- let me get. Well let, well, let me give you my number one. What's number one? My number one is peanut butter Captain Crunch. Hands down of all time. My mom said that was her number one, and I agree. It is hands down my favorite. Uh, now, I my mom, to be fair, she said Cheerios. That's a bunch of malarkey. So that's the – no, I'm never hey, going to That's mom's. That's mom's cereals, bro. Yeah. But you know what? No, I say that because when we were growing up, she used to eat grape nuts all the time and put sugar on them, and they were actually pretty good because they take a whole – like a real long time to kind of get soft. So they yeah. last a long time. Oh, of course, uh, it's my wife's favorite. That she she sends me to the store all the time for this. I know women. Women's taste of cereal is different, bro. That is not a cereal. That is <laughs> that's like a health food or something. That's Henry's favorite too. My, my number one. Yeah. Of all time. All time. Frosted Flakes, man. Of all time, over, I'm talking about over peanut butter crunch. I said all time, Jeff. Yeah, I, all time. Of all, all time. time. I do like peanut butter crunch. I do like peanut butter crunch. But every time I see the tiger, bro, every time I see t- Tony. Yeah, isn't Honey Bunches of Oats basically Frosted Flakes with uh, a little crunching eggs? A little crunch eggs. Okay, so that's in line with how you. I didn't yeah. have the only, <laughs> the only male figure I seen in my house growing up was Tony the Tiger, bro. Frosted Flakes was, was a staple in my family. Yeah. There you go, Zach. There you go, Frosted Flakes unmatched. No, I want to see. No, it's free. It, uh, no way. Sonia, girl at my school, she said top. That is in my top five. See, Frosted Flakes just they hit. It I don't hit. Really it's a, yeah, but let me ask you this: so Frosted Flakes, uh, warm or cold milk? Definitely cold. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. now, but I, I was gonna say, warm milk. I heard people do cereal. Yeah, but don't you think that? Don't you think that Frosted Flakes are um, a bit like the Fruity Pebbles in the sense that they're good at the beginning, but then they get soggy? Yeah, but the good the good thing about Frosted Flakes, let me, let me give you my strategy when I was a kid, Jeff, and everyone. You're right, Sanaya. It, uh, it does get soggy. But what I love about Frosted Flakes- no, I mean, I don't mind that. I was saying, but I thought you- I, think, I think Frosted Flakes has the best soggy cereal, though. When Frosted Flakes is soggy, it's good. Now, the milk that the Frosted fake Flakes leaves, when you pour a new batch, see, see, when you a man, you don't do one bowl. No. 
unless you do one big fold. If you do, if you do, you do it uh, a king size. Yeah, but sometimes when you know you got a potent cereal, a cereal with a lot of sugar, you got to do two bowls. You can't do one big bowl. That milk gonna be real sugary. So what I do yeah. is I put the first bowl when this one was a kid. And when it gets out of the milk that it leaves, you pour that extra hard, crunchy cereal in that new night nice, nice sugary milk. Great experience, bro. That's the you know experience what? we like. We don't like these church experiences, but when it comes to cereal experiences, we own that. We love that. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> uh, Joanne's favorite is uh, Tricks. That's her favorite cereal. But she, I, oh, but tricks, it, oh, yeah, but it's not like she eats it. Like she never eats, although she's not really a breakfast person, she really? skips breakfast. She I, almost our I think our entire marriage, even in college, she always is only eating like two meals a day, and that's she's how. A, is she a coffee person in the morning? No, she no, she doesn't. Um, she just drinks water. Gotcha. She likes breakfast foods. She just doesn't always eat breakfast. I see what you're saying. Or if she does, she'll eat breakfast and she'll skip lunch. But like her breakfast is usually like eggs. That's what we ought to do. We ought to do our top three favorite uh, breakfasts. That's uh, next week. That's a good one. That's a yeah, good one. I only want to that. Be I only want to be almond crunch. Now almond crunch is good. Yeah. I'm going to get some sure. uh like lucky charms. Is there? She said I'm going to get some great nuts. Yeah, remember I said when we were kids, you oh, that's right. Yeah. Hannah says, um, you're right. Yeah, they don't have good frosted. Actually, I have they do got frosted flakes. Oh, well, Publix has frosted flakes organic. I'm gonna try that. Man, listen. But ain't nothing like Tony's frosted. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not against organic, but at the same time, though, if I'm gonna do it, that's true. I just I'm overdo it. I, I don't overdo eat it. cereal. See, I see. There's certain things, but I rarely do it. I, I, I can't do what I may overdo. Yeah. Now, now, if you know, if they got the you know little small boxes like they used to, maybe they had the little small boxes when you was a kid. Oh, yeah. little, if I can do that, because then I won't have to go. I think they right, do that, but they sell them. Over. I think they do that, but they sell them in like a six pack or something like that, or see, like an eight pack. See, stop, see stop. me, I'll dump the whole eight packs in. So you know, stop talking. Don't even, don't even tempt us. Don't even lure us down that path. Wait till next week when we talk about our top three breakfast yeah, we'll items. Well, we got to go, y'all. Yeah. You know, like it, like breakfast, like let's say breakfast meals or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. All right, all right, y'all. Whatever. All right, I love y'all, man. What's y'all's number one? Oh, Almond Crunch. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess they already got their number one. Lucky Charms. Uh, she said Lucky Charms. Raisin Bran. Uh, nobody had... Uh, or, oh, my mom did, but did anybody else have... Captain Crunch? Captain Crunch. Yeah. Captain Crunch with the uh, the berries? Now, that cereal's number one. That cereal, it, it probably should have been number one with the, with the berries. Mm-hmm. But Frosted Flakes had nostalgia, man. Frosted Flakes Ooh. was just, I walked by the, I was in pubs. I walked by Tony, man. I about shed a tear, bro. Somebody put Honey Smacks? Hold on a second. What's I Honey Smacks? Hold on. I need to look up to make that sure. That sounds like one of them cereals. In, they're like one of them cereals that be in the little I, uh, I'm bags. Gonna, I'm going to rebuke them in love. Yep, I'm going to rebuke them in love. Listen, Honey that's Smacks the, tastes like cardboard with sugar topped on uh, uh, it. Oh, I see Honey Smacks. Yeah, these are Honey that's Smacks. The worst nah. stuff in the world. That one and the one with the golden bear on it. The golden, You know the one with the, the brown bear? that It's like a golden box. I don't oh. even know, Joe. I'm at Whole Foods. Cereal bear and blue shirts. See, that's it. Yes, Golden Crisp. That stuff. Oh yeah, Golden Crisp. No, 
Yes. All right, y'all, we got to go because y'all been putting y'all been talking about French toast and pancakes. That's for yeah. next week, y'all. Exactly. Oh, that's good. <laughs> she laughed. Yeah, that's good. Uh, crowd. That's good. <laughs> that's we got some nice. Yeah. We have French toast. We got pancakes. Well, tune in next week. Oh yeah, because that's gonna be a good segment. That's a man. Breakfast is by far my favorite meal of the day. Anyway, she said no, they don't. They're good. Hey, uh, just to clarify, my wife liked uh, uh, the uh, Golden Smacks or whatever they are growing up too, and I used to make fun of her for it. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and and li live y'all truth. Eat y'all's truth. I'm just joking. <laughs> eat y'all's okay. truth. If if, each, <laughs> if that's your favorite series, go all in. Oh my gosh, there's so many things we could say about that right now. But yeah, know, regarding, you, cereal, regarding right. cereal, absolutely. All right, y'all. We love y'all, man. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye. -bye.